If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dragon's Greed Gaming. I am your host, Lord Borak, the Great Unclean One, and I welcome you to episode number 34 of Gallows Geists, our Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition actual play series. And as always, uh, before we begin, if you are new to the podcast, thank you for joining us. I hope you've been enjoying uh, the listening thus far. And if you are a uh, return customer, thank you so much for your support. And uh, I hope we can continue to entertain you for a couple hours here tonight as we dive back into the world that was. Uh, as always, follow us on Spreaker and Facebook. Give us a subscribe, a like, and uh, follow us. And drop us a comment. Let us know what's going on. What hobby projects are you working on? Are you running any campaigns or other RPGs? Uh, tell us a story. You know, tell us why. Uh, you know, Firth is the greatest witch hunter ever to live. You know, we we need to know. So. Uh, as always, around the digital table, uh, my friends and party. Brian, Matt, and Tyler playing as Firth, Morth, and LaVolpe. Good evening, gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 34. Good to be back. Good evening. All right. Well, let's dive right in. Alas, we left. The Geists had found themselves continuing their investigations in the city of Nuln, trying to determine the nature of the plague and the cult's plans to destroy or sabotage or otherwise hinder this great new canon that's going to be unveiled uh, later at the end of next week. Now, a lot happened on the last episode. Uh, you guys had started off by reporting the death of an apothecary uh, that Captain Nairhouse had sent you to go meet, an apothecary by the name of Ziggler, who he explained he had given doses of this antidote that um, he claims the Skaven were giving him to give his daughter, whom they had poisoned. 
Unfortunately, you found that Ziggler was slain, obviously assassinated, but you were able to recover some of his research and some of his experiments. You took this information to Nairhaus, who then told you to seek out an Astalian by the name of Ladio at the docks, telling you to use the secret phrase that you guys needed to ride the dragon's tongue, and he could get you into the Aldstadt uh, district, which is like the noble rich district of the city, in hopes of meeting with another apothecary by the name of Ulvis um, uh, Dobler. Ulvis Dobler. And he believed that if you could bring the notes and research that Ap Apothecary Ziggler had started, that um, Dobler might be able to assist you guys. You tried to visit Eladio that night, but the docks were kind of closing down for the evening, so you had to wait. Upon returning to the inn, La Volpe was shocked, well, maybe not shocked, but definitely frightened, worried, to find a note pinned inside of the door inside his room. A note apparently from the mysterious contact Shadowclaw telling him to meet in the sewers the next night. Uh, during the next day, you guys ultimately met with Eladio, told him the secret password, and he just asked how many of you planned to dine and told you to meet him at uh, near the uh, one of the gates by the wall and later that evening. And basically, you guys then had to make the decision of whether to all stay together and miss one of these two meetings or split up. And split up you did, with Lavolpe going to meet... Uh, Shadow Claw, I believe it was around 10th Bell, and then Mort and Firth uh, meeting Eladio at 12th Bell, or vice versa. I can't remember who was meeting first, but regardless, you all couldn't go together. So, Lavolpe, you met with uh, Shadow Claw once again, this time realizing and, and getting confirmed that he was indeed one of these rat men, and he told you that he needed you to assist with a boat that the Skaven are bringing in in two nights. He just said to guard and help it. He didn't really give you many details. And as mysteriously as the meeting started, it was pretty much over. Uh, meanwhile, Mort and Firth, Eladio led you through many tunnels that took far longer than you expected just to get under the wall. And after about uh, an hour or so, you guys took a short break and he revealed a little bit about himself, answered some questions. And as you guys were nearing your destination, Eladio sensed a foul smell, which the two of you eventually noticed as well. And the two of you headed down another side passage, leaving Eladio to guard uh, the path that you guys were in. So the two of you headed down the side passage to investigate the source of the smell, while Eladio stayed back and guarded the main path. And to your horror, uh, the two of you discovered the legendary Skaven do indeed exist and you saw about a dozen or so of them in a large chamber beneath the cliff that you guys found yourselves and they were working with a large black metal cauldron and a priestly like skaven was chanting and obviously casting some spells over this cauldron while another one was stirring it and several others scurried about bringing ingredients to it and generally keeping watch uh, the two of you decided to attack. Unfortunately, as Firth lit his bomb that you guys got from Oliver, the Skaven heard that, and the battle started. 
the two of you with your bomb and some magic managed to basically destroy the platform that was near the cauldron, uh, the priestly skaven, threw the, the stirring skaven on top of the bomb and bolted, and the explosion took out a few more, knocked the cauldron over, spilling all of its contents, and... Uh, about half the Skaven split or were slain in that explosion, and the other half stayed to try to fight. Uh, a few of them coming up the path to get to you guys, two of them trying to climb the wall to climb the cliff, and two of them attacking you with slings. And between your pistols and your spells, you did a really good job of basically killing all but one of them, until disaster struck and the lone skaven slinger scored a critical hit that rocked mort's world and forced him to burn his last remaining fate point otherwise face three health and four bleeding conditions uh, which was probably a good choice of a fate point and once the skaven were slain uh, you did a little bit of investigating but you could not find any signs of the priest like Skaven, uh, and you returned to Eladio, told him what happened, he revealed that he knows about the Skaven as well, and he didn't tell you guys anything about it because he didn't think you'd believe him. And finally, you guys got to the end of your destination. He brought you up in the temple district of the Altstadt uh, quarter, and you guys told him to be there the following night at the same time so that he could bring you back under the wall. And after a little bit of negotiating, uh, you gave him uh, a few silver to start. You told him there would be more uh, to come back. And, uh, you know, you gave him a little bit extra in case you're not there. You just told him to, to be there regardless. And if you guys aren't there, don't worry about it. So the it would basically pick up right there. Um, it's in the middle of the night, probably around 2 or 3 in the morning, you would guess. The streets are pretty much dead quiet, especially in this section of the city. Eladio explained to you that's why the uh, the drop-off point is here. So there the two of you are, a little bit shaken by what you've encountered, but still standing. What do you do? Well, for Earth, I think it's time to go back to Eladio and get out of here. Yeah, I think uh, it's time to move. We'll be down here any longer than we have to. Who knows how many more are down here? So you guys, you guys are out. You're in the city oh, we, streets now. We've you've actually, just, oh, you've sorry. just, you've just departed with Eladio. Oh, so is, oh, oh, oh. It is that oh. same night. It is minutes after Eladio has dropped you off. Where did he we, said he was going to bring you. Did we ask him about the uh, other alchemist whose name I can't find, Dobler? You did. He said he's never heard of the guy. Oh, that's right. And okay. he, he explained that he really doesn't spend much time in this portion of the city. He just brings a lot of people here when they need to get in. How does one go about finding? Because we don't have any information about where Dobler is. Not. You do not know. Are there are there people? Like, is this empty? No, is there... it's it's like I said, it's two or three in the morning. The only people that you're probably going to see are probably guard patrols. I mean, where you're at right now, you're in a really dark alleyway near the wall behind one of these large temples. So. Um, there's nobody back here, but you're assuming the streets are probably going to be fairly empty. Oh, we can try to ask a patrolling town guard to see if they can direct us to the local apothecary. Yeah, Just give us an idea of where they're at. Right. I think it's our best bet. Both of you give me an 
uh, intelligence test. Uh, Firth, you can have plus 40 on this. Uh, Mort, you'll have plus 20. Come up. Good. Good to be at those voters. <laughs> so, both of you do not think it would be a great idea to seek out a guard at this time of night and ask about a business that is most likely closed, especially in this rich, rich part of the city. That'll probably seem really suspicious. Is there a curfew? Um, well, there's not necessarily a curfew. I mean, you you don't know about this section of the city. There very well could be, but generally there is not. So you're you're not sure. Okay, that we're here. We don't have to. We don't have to, like sneak the city, do we? Like we're still people going through the town. I mean, sure, after the front door is blocked, we got into kind of a weird way, but. You know, we're not, we don't have to, like, sneak through this place, do we? Well, I'm just telling you, the, the, the two of you, the, the, considering everything that's going on and the fact that the the city is in lockdown, this district is in lockdown, you know that if, you, if, if guards see you guys wandering around at night like this, you're going to get stopped and questioned. There's no doubt in your minds. Okay. So we know that we should avoid that then. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not saying like you're going to get arrested on the spot, but I'm just I'm just letting you know what your what your characters are definitely aware of. Um, it's like two in the morning. I guess we could just rest for the night. Like the um, the, the, as we came through, mm -hmm. um, could we like like go just back into like a, the vestibule type thing, like to like the very so that we were would be do you mean do you mean back back into the tunnel that you just came out of essentially yeah but like sure not like not like deep into it but just far enough that we wouldn't be seen by passers-by if you know what i mean yeah yeah you could i mean it's in a pretty it's it's pretty well hidden just like the entrance that you guys entered from i mean you guys couldn't tell just from walking on the street where it was it was hidden by all the trees you know this one similarly has uh kind of a hidden entrance so um, you know, and it's off this kind of beaten path towards the back, so you certainly could do that if you just wanted to stay there the night. Thinking of, yeah, just to get some rest and start fresh. If, if there's, you know, no point in skulking about now anyway, we get some rest and heal up a little bit, and maybe I could try to help out uh, more a little bit. If the two of you would like to do that, sure. That'll be a more great probably. night's rest, but I mean, I guess yeah. not a lot of options right now. Yeah. I've got the heal, so I could I could see if I can patch you back up a little bit. I, I'm at full health. Oh, you are. Yeah, I I used that fate point, so I did not get hit by that critical effect. Oh. Yeah, so it, it the, missed me entirely. Yeah, the burning the fate oh, point right. ignores all the damage. Well, I'll do so. that for me then. All right. Oh, you looking? Um, I'm, you know, I took like five. Okay, so if you perform the heal test on yourself, it is at minus 10. Oh, I succeed by 2. Okay, so you get your intelligence bonus plus your success levels in wounds back. No. Which is probably okay. enough to heal you to full, I would imagine. Or close to, yeah, to it. I, I, was, I would have one more than full. Okay. So then the two of you will... Uh, Basically, try to rest there in the uh, entrance way. Yeah, a little bit away uh, from it. Mort, do you think we need to um, take turns, type of thing? 
Well, with the creatures running about here, I, I think it's a good idea. We don't want to be leaving ourselves exposed to an ambush. Yeah. Now, will they come out this far? I don't know, but better safe than sorry. I agree. Okay. Uh, who's going to do first watch? I can go first. Okay. All right. Mort, go ahead and give me a perception test. All right. Street test, no bonuses. Yeah, uh, I suppose you both, you both can, because you're both going to do be on guard at some point. So both of you can give me perception tests. So you passed by three, you said? Yep. Okay. And Firth? Failed by three. All right. Okay. I'll jump back over to La Volpe. So La Volpe, your meeting with uh, Shadowclaw has concluded. What do you do? Uh, make my way back to the hotel we're staying at. And just kind of okay. cautiously knowing that there's probably a bunch of beady eyes watching me. All right. Would you like to make a perception test to see if you're being followed? Ooh, yes. Thank you. I would. Since you brought that up. I know they're tricksy. All right. Oh, failed fantastically. Um, so, uh, failed by four. Okay. You do not see anything or anyone, and you get back to the green bottle. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, it's pretty late, so I'll probably look around for, um, well, I, I guess I knew they weren't going to come back tonight, most likely, so I will probably head to the room and try and get some shut-eye. Okay. Uh, well, it'll be another, what was it, ten? It was like ten silver. Ten silver. Very good. Definitely worth it for a room that's breachable by the skaven. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the three of you attempt to go to sleep. Mort and Firth, if you would each give me an endurance test, please. Okay. Well, that's no good. Firth, perhaps you're more used to roughing it like this. Um, so you are able to get enough sleep to be rested as normal. Obviously, you still have your negatives from your yeah. uh, your dreams. The normal uh, level of grumpy every morning. Yeah, but Mort, uh, it is not comfortable. You're basically sleeping on rock, and it's awful. You don't really fall asleep much, and when you wake up in the morning, you are absolutely exhausted. So you have a fatigue condition, which is minus 10 to all tests, and that's going to last for probably about the first half of your day, give or take. Okay. So I'll let you know when it's gone away. Okay. So you all awake. Uh, Firth and Mort, you are able to uh, get a little bit of rest and then make your way into the city. And I'm assuming you guys pretty much just go at first light. Do you wait at all until it's later in the day? Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think, um, like straight away, like even kind of just as the sun coming up type of thing. Okay. Well, uh, this. The streets are still quiet and not busy yet, but there are a few people out and about. And as the sun begins to rise, you do start to see more people in the streets going about their business. Well, let's see if we can find some apothecary. Yeah. 
All right. How would you like to go about that? Uh, Mort, do you want to maybe should we should we go to a actual shop? Oh, uh, we have to. There's well, there's probably street signs and stuff. Yeah, like we're in a city. Like I build a part of town. There's probably signs that say, "Hey, go this way to go to this place." Is there like a sign that could like the market district or something of that nature? Generally, um, there are not uh, many signs like that. You might see a sign that says, like, you know, this is the so-and-so district or the so-and-so quarter. But as far as directions, even in a large town like this or like in Altdorf where you guys were at, it's a lot of asking directions. And a lot of the directions are, oh, you know, go this way until you see this landmark. It's not really streets and things like that that are named. Um, we um, are, is it a commercial area or residential? Well, so the the Allstadt district, you understand. I mean, it's broken into a couple different sections. You guys know of the Temple Quarter, which is where you're at, and that's where all the other temples of the main gods are uh, located in Nome, other than the uh, the Temple of Shalia. So you'd see the Temple of Sigmar, there's a Temple of Arena, the Garden of Moor is uh, up here as well. Uh, so those, you know, those are all here. You can see the the hill that the palace is up on, that's number nine here on the map. And you see a lot of really expensive looking buildings and very nice buildings in this section. Um, you're not sure what's on the other half of the Altstadt district. In the Kaufman district. Yeah, you're not you're not sure. So, well, let's ask a guard. Okay. Well, it's not hard to find a guard, a patrol that's wandering around, so you can stop them. And what do you ask? Greetings. Uh, my friend here is uh, feeling a little under the weather. Well, let's maybe could point us in the direction of the local apothecary. There's a man by the name of a uh, Dobler who's particularly skilled around here. Give me a gossip test, please, at plus 20. Pass by one. He says, oh, of course I've heard of Dobler. He says, uh, head into the Kaufman district, and he, you know, he points uh, basically in like south, southeast direction. And he says, uh, once you get there, uh, look for uh, Banker's Row. And it's uh, not too far off from that. You could probably ask around and get pointed in the right direction from there. Good morning, lad. Like, uh, thank you for your assistance. Good day. And uh, they continue on their way. And off we go. Okay. Well, it is not difficult to find uh, Banker's Row. Uh, this street actually does have a street sign mounted, like on a on a metal pole at the the beginning of the street, and. Like much of this section of the city, things are obviously a lot cleaner and a lot nicer than in the other half of the city that you guys have been staying in. The road is very clean. Buildings are very impressive, sto impressive stone structures. And um, to you, they do, especially for you, Firth, they do not look uh, imperial in design. A lot of the buildings on this street look foreign to you. But you have found Banker's Row. Born as in Dwarven? No. I would no. Uh, you'd probably recognize some Dwarven stuff, since there are Dwarves that live in the Empire, but no, it looks like something you've never seen in the Empire before. Oh, yeah. Well, 
keep going until we can try to find the uh, the Gobbler yeah. Apothecary. Okay. On Bankers Row. Uh, would you like to give me a... I, you could either do another perception test if you're just going to search by yourself, or you could do, I suppose, navigation, or you could do another gossip test. I'll do perception. Okay. Who will I? Ooh. Oh, I succeed by one. It takes you guys a little while because you're just kind of wandering around trying to find the, the right section of the city that you're supposed to be in. But you do eventually come across uh, the shop that you are looking for. And like many shops, it does have a sign hanging above it that has a picture and has text on it. And, um, you know, both of you obviously are able to read it and can tell that, that this is the right place. Now, it is still fairly early in the morning. It doesn't necessarily look like there's anyone here uh, waiting um you're not sure if he's open yet or not but what you see is a, a modest nicely put together uh little building that's made of wood although it is very nice you know it's not ramshackle or dilapidated or anything like that it's got the uh the thatched roof kind of like uh the houses in rohan and lord of the rings and there is um uh, a door on the right hand side of the wall and above that is a sign that says Gobbler's Rustic, I'm sorry, Rusty Remedies. And to the left of that, um, pretty much taking up like two thirds of the rest of the wall is a massive circular stained glass window. And even though the two of you don't know much about this sort of thing, both of you, especially you, Firth, uh, in the Empire, would recognize that stained glass is expensive and is usually only reserved for, like, the temples or noble districts and things like that. And the inside the stained glass, there is a picture of what looks like a, a chalice, and there's a snake wrapped around it. Um, kind of like some of the, the medical icons you see nowadays, you know, here and there. Um, it's kind of like an old school version of that. And it's, it looks intricate and more to you. You can tell it is a very high quality design, um, something that would easily fit in, in your home homeland. Really that nice. Mm -hmm. And you can also notice on the door, there are, uh, dozens of little, uh, pieces of parchment with notes and script written on them. Are they like read. prescriptions or something? Do you read any of them? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll take a look. Yeah. Uh, it looks like most of them are uh, like little prayers and like giving thanks to different gods to watch over people and like saying, you know, this place is, is sanctified and blessed and stuff like that. Uh, there are a few that look like they're messages for the apothecary that people may have left um, either thanking him or asking, you know, questions about maybe a, an ailment they might be having just to get, get little advice or trying to set up an appointment and things like that so they don't have to wait in line. But it looks like you guys are probably the first ones here, and he may not even be open yet. Are there, like, store hours posted anywhere by chance? Yeah. No, there are not. Are there other people, like, starting to line up? Uh, not yet, obviously, no. Obviously, we're going gonna to hover by the door. 
Are you guys going to wait until it, uh, it looks like he's open? Yeah, I mean, do we got nowhere else to go? Is the door locked? Do you try it? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is locked. Ah, foiled again. <laughs> if only there was a way. <laughs> um, all right, so you guys wait until he opens. La Volpe, you wake up. Firth and Mort are still not back. You help yourself to some breakfast. What do you do? Oh, could all of you please give me um, endurance tests? And Firth, yours is at yours is at minus ten. Mort and Lavolpe, you yours are at plus twenty. Do I still apply the minus ten from being tired to this? Yes. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh my. That is a critical failure for Mort. Failure for Firth. Lavolpe? No, I was part of this role. Uh, failed by three. Okay. So, Firth, you are feeling worse and worse as every day seems to be passing. You are at another five to all of your characteristics. Another negative five. Mort, your coughing has gotten nearly as bad as Firth's at this point. Any penalties yet? Nope. Okay. All right. So, Lavolpe, what do you do when you get up and after you're done with your breakfast? That's a good question. Uh, I worry, number one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lavolpe <laughs> sits and has a very unquiet breakfast as he wonders about what the hell he's going to have to actually do. Um, by protecting this little boat. Um, and he, I guess he's going to go look for uh, Ladio and just see if he can see if they made it across safely. Um, and then uh, after that, I'll probably go check in with Oliver. Okay. Well, uh, you do eventually get over to the docks through Shantytown. You come across Ladio's uh, booth, his little little shack, shall we say. And uh, yeah, he's there. It looks like he's getting ready, kind of like the day before when you guys first met him. So he's starting to set up a couple barrels and, you know, get things ready for the day's fish. Yeah, so I'll uh, approach and uh, just, you know, kind of ask, uh, say, uh, did my friends have a good dinner last night? He looks at you, he says, ah, welcome back, my friend. And once again, he's got his full Astalian accent going on, and he's got some uh, traditional Astalian clothes with his kind of Dockers uniform outfit, so uh, he definitely looks the part. And he says, um, your friends uh, had an exciting, but a good dinner, yes. I see. So, um, looking at the calendar here, we're on uh, Agnestag yes. 15th right yes. now. Correct. So, if I wanted to have dinner tonight, I could uh, still come into the city, but I have to get back out by the nighttime in, on Festeg. Uh, so, you would wish to dine tonight and dine again tomorrow and be back 
tomorrow? I, I must be back by tomorrow night. But getting out of the city is no problem once... I'm sorry, getting out of the restaurant is no problem once I'm in. <laughs> yes? Uh, it can be a... It's a rather large restaurant. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Perhaps I come back and uh, make a decision if I'm going to dine uh, with you tonight or not. I will uh, I will talk to you later, friend. Thank you. I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, Lavolpe is going to have to time it out and see if that's a... Right now, it's seeming like it's not possible um, to do. And it might be kind of just out of the way to go there. Um, so I'll go over to Oliver's and... Just check in and kind of update him. Uh, I'm obviously I'm wearing my Lavolpe clothes now. I'm not wearing okay. the uh, uh, the other set, and I will continue as best as I can to just. I know it's daytime. I'm figuring unless they're watching me from the sewers or something like that, I'll still try and look around, make sure I'm not being tailed too often. Okay. Well, give me a perception test, please. All right, uh, 21, which is pass by three. You don't, uh, you don't see anything that really catches your eye. Um, honestly, to you, you're starting to get a little paranoid. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're seeing the same faces here and there. And then you mm -hmm. kind of shake your head and, and kind of take a second look and you're not really sure if it's a figment of your imagination or your paranoia or if you, you are being followed. But, I mean, you don't you don't see anyone suspicious enough that makes you think like, oh, yeah, this guy's tailing me. So, um, you know, when you stop and kind of shake your head, you know, a couple people kind of look at you like, what's wrong with that guy? But uh, other than that, no, you don't really seem to to notice anyone. All right. I, I am definitely paranoid. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, also, I forgot uh, to show you guys some artwork last week um, for Firth and Mort. This is what the Skaven looked like that was uh, chanting and casting spells. Uh oh, fancy. Pretty, uh, pretty beefy plague monk. Yes, and he pretty much had that same gear. He had the the sensor in his hand, and then he had a staff that he was waving around, and it had that sickly green smoke pouring out of it. And all the torches that were down there had that same greenish glow like the sensor that he's carrying. And then for you, Lavolpe, even though you didn't get a great look at him, uh, this is a little bit of what you can expect from Shadowclaw. Although he was wearing a much larger cloak that pretty much covered his entire body, right, with a hood. Yeah. Couple, couple clues there. All right. Very cool art. All right. Well, back to Firth and Mort. Um, eventually, you guys hear the door to Dobler's little apothecary shop unlock. About what time is it now that it's open? Uh, probably like eight or nine in the morning, about the regular time that 
people start conducting business. Okay. Yeah, we'll go ahead and like gently push the door in as soon as it's unlocked. It's like, you All know, right. So as, yeah, you do that, it opens up, and you find yourself in a um a nice little like waiting area, and the um you know the sun is starting to shine through the stained glass window, which is giving this room a nice warm feeling and a very you know array of of colors and uh it's just a small little waiting room that you're in it's very nicely furnished a couple nice chairs a little table in the middle for people to sit at and i mean you know you guys walk in a couple seconds after he unlocks the door and you can see an, an older man who's walking away from the door back towards you know the further part into the office and he turns and uh, he says Oh, uh, good good morning, sirs. I'm sorry, I didn't realize anyone was here yet. Come on in. Can I help you? We we certainly hope you can. Uh, and you know, we kind of relay the like our story essentially, like how we heard of him, why we're here. Um, specifically, uh, you can probably see that we are not particularly well, and we are um, coming desperate. So you mentioned like everything, Ziggler. What, uh, tell me the specific yeah, things yeah. you mentioned. Um, uh, everything from Nearhouse to Ziggler. Ziggler, you know, the, the fact that they're both gone, that, you know, what we think is happening, what we see in the notes, uh, what the apothecary was working on, um, you know, that he felt that, that there was a antidote. What was it? It was, I forget the phrase in his note. It was like an antidote, not a... Inoculant inoculant do you mention anything about the skaven yeah i'm gonna put that out there i'll also mention that i have a sample of what seems to be the source of the cause of the sickness with me for his investigation as well so he uh sits and listens and he does have a, a bit of a surprised look on his face but uh it's not like the one where you would imagine he's thinking oh my god who are these lunatics um but obviously surprised and a bit shocked and he, he listens intently and uh as you are kind of finishing your your introduction uh someone else opens the door and walks in and as they do uh dobbler uh he kind of turns to them and he says I i'm sorry i'm sorry sir you'll have to wait i uh i'm not ready i'm not opened yet i have important business with some very important clients uh, i'm going to have to ask you to leave and the guy's like but i but i and he just like kind of pushes him out the door and closes it and locks it and uh then he turns to you and says my my apologies uh my, my good boys um right right this way please why don't we have a seat and uh He's wearing nice clothes, um, you know, not super fancy, but definitely uh, nicer than what Ziggler had on. And he looks probably about the same age as Ziggler, you know, older guy, some, you know, wrinkles and worn look in his face, uh, graying hair. He's got a very nice, expensive pair of glasses on, and he has um, a fairly long beard that looks very nicely combed, and he's got... Um, like uh, some sort of gold piece of jewelry that's kind of holding his beard just underneath his chin together, kind of like uh, you see dwarves have, or um, like Dumbledore, I think, had in one of the movies to kind of keep it like in a in a braid, just like a single braid, like a 
like a ponytail for a beard, I guess the best way to describe it. And uh, he walks you guys through another door into what is clearly like an examination room slash office where he would actually meet with patients. And he offers the two of you to sit down and he says, and I, I didn't catch your name, uh, my friends. Uh, in my excitement, I neglected to actually introduce myself. I introduced myself as, um, you know, Witch Hunter Interrogator of Firth. I am Marthalian. Well, I don't quite get many visitors like you in my clientele. Ashamed to hear about the captain. Please tell me exactly what is going on here. As he says that, I'll take out both my vials, the vial of the blue liquid you got off some Ziggler's place, as well as the vial of the Stephen, I have listed Stephen Goo, uh, I have on me, and I'll present those both to him. And I'll say, well, the captain was uh, being manipulated by the ratmen beneath the city, and they poisoned uh, his, his family. And in exchange for his cooperation, with the city guards and city gates, he was being offered antidote to the sickness that's been spreading throughout the city. Unfortunately, he is getting very small amounts. But fortunately, he had the foresight to save small amounts of the antidote that he was being given. And this is what he was able to collect. And I'll point at the blue liquid. Presumably, this cures the sickness that's going around that's affecting both <clears throat> myself and my companion here. Uh, so if this could perhaps be replicated, this could be the, could help cure and save many, many lives throughout the city. The next one I'll point out, this is the, the vial that we collected from beneath the sewers and we encountered some of the retmen ourselves. We found where they were concocting what seemed to have been more of this disease and this vial fluid. And this is a small sample of what, uh, what they were brewing down there. So he listens intently, kind of nodding here and there uh, as you say you things and point out details. He begins to look over the vials, put them up to his eye and, you know, shake the, the vials a little bit. He looks through some of uh, the notes that Ziggler had started as you guys are talking and looking up at you and acknowledging you and then going back to notes and reading things. And, um, you know, there's a sad look on his face and he says, oh, may Sigmar watch over our friends. It is a shame to hear about Nairhaus and uh, and Ziggler. They were both good friends of mine. Ziggler especially is uh, um, uh, a peer in my field. And uh, uh, may Sigmar watch over them both. I, I fear to think what might happen to Captain Nairhaus's daughter now with both of them gone. Kind of sighs heavily at that. And he continues to kind of look through things. And then he looks up at you, and to your surprise, uh, he continues by saying, I believe the vermin have tried this before. Many times, in fact. The history of our empire is rife with plagues that come unexpectedly and weaken us at the worst possible times. And I fear based on what you've just said and what's going on, that perhaps 
these creatures have their sights set on our city. And that pretty much shocks the two of you to some degree that he's that a guy that's this educated and, you know, well, you know, well up there uh, not only acknowledges them, but seems to have some sort of knowledge about the Skaven as well. Functioning knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I first is definitely shocked. Like, you know, I hadn't believed these things existed a day ago. Not really. Well, it is refreshing to see one such as yourself being so open-minded to what we're saying. Most people who have uh, been discussed this topic think we're nuts. Well, that's just how things are here, but the signs are there for people that uh, have the wit to look and realize what they may be looking at. And when you show him the book that's in Telian, and uh, he points out he has the same book on his bookshelf, and he says things such as this. You know, I believe these rat men have left their mark throughout history. It's just between ignorance and cover-ups and denial and things like that. Most people just wave them off as a figment of imagination or a breed of beast men or chaos mutants or whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, he takes, as I've said, into consideration. He's scratching his beard a little bit as he's going through things. Well, it's sad to say, but I've already had some folks come to me with similar symptoms to what you're describing and what the two of you seem to be uh, coming down with. And um, I fear that the Countess's order to close down the district uh, was too little too late. The disease is already here, and it's only going to get worse. But perhaps with this and these, and he points to the notes and the vials, perhaps I can make some sense out of it. You've done the Empire a great service, gentlemen. This uh, this might be the key to real or dealing with what these creatures are up to or what they're trying to concoct. Do you suppose this has anything to do with the cannon? We absolutely do, yes. Mm, that's troubles, troubling. We have we reason to believe that they're trying to disrupt the revelation of the canon, and um, that this is just one piece of their their work, really. Oh boy! Uh, well, as as you understand, because of that, we we feel that time is pressing. Understood. Well, I will certainly do what I can with this information and these samples. Um, I've been looking into this disease myself, but I think, especially with the samples that Nairhaus and Ziegler had, I might be able to make some better progress. And he starts to look through some of the notes, especially the stuff in the uh, in the Telian book, uh, the notes that Ziegler had written out on the side. And he says, uh, I, I can see where Arnold was going with his, his thoughts here. I think he thinks that the, the vermin introduced this plague through water, that perhaps a few poisoned wells or even the river, although I would imagine it'd be worse if it was the river. Perhaps they've just started or wanted to do things slowly to not arouse suspicion. Hmm. 
Now you have my word. I'll see what I can find out, and I'll get to work immediately. And I also must apologize. The, the simple fact that you have these two samples puts you in the same danger that Ziggler was in, his, was in and he fell to. I would suggest having uh, increased protection and guards watching you at all times in case the rat men find their way here. Maybe maybe in the short term it would be a good idea if we were here with you. Um, well, I, I don't have uh, the most accommodating of abodes, but um, you're welcome to stay. I, I suppose I can see the point. Considering that Nairhaus and Ziggler are no longer with us, does yeah. anyone else know that you're here? We just Eladio. So I don't know if Eladio knows where. He, where well, he, he knows he be. brought. He doesn't know we're That's here right. specifically, but he knows yeah, where he brought us. You you did ask him about this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. true. Um, yeah, maybe two other people, but um. I guess one of the questions I'm asking you right now is how long do you think you need to have some answers about what's happening here? Oh, well, I know it's I know it's potentially an unfair question, but I would say at least a few days. Um, you know, I'll have to run tests. I'll need to break down this sample. Um, I mean, the fact that you even have these things is tremendous. I can start with some of his hypothesis. I mean. Believe me, just just because Ziggler worked uh, on the other side of the wall, um, I mean, he did work for you know the Countess's army, so he was a great mind. And if he has some ideas, I'll certainly follow up on those thoughts because um, well, he knows what he's doing, and he's had a chance. You know, even if it's just been a day or two, he's had some time to mess around with these and experiments. So. Um, we're definitely off to a better start than had you just come to me and told me a story and not had any of this uh, to support it. So, but it's uh, at least a few days to uh, start to get some some baseline and uh, you know break things down and things like that. Is there any way we could be of assistance to you or anything else we could try to provide uh, try to speed things along? Um. Well, I, I, um, I mean, I suppose I can, I can get a better account of what you two are feeling as far as symptoms and how long it's been and things like that. But uh, unless either of you uh, have any sort of medical knowledge or uh, herbalist type knowledge, then I'm afraid not. Um, the only other thing that would, you know, I suppose be helpful is greater samples of these things. But uh, I realize that's probably an impossible request. Well, I know we could get more of the uh, Skaven goo. I don't know what the right word is for it. <laughs> uh, there's probably still more of it down beneath the city where we encountered them, but going down there again poses a great risk. No, I I would not ask you to do something like that. I mean, uh, this certainly could be what they're using. Um, but, uh, I mean, this, this is a, this is a pretty good sample. Plus you said it's fresh. It's from last night. So, um, it hasn't had chance to spoil. Whereas, you know, who knows how long Ziggler has been working with this. And you said Nairhaus was extracting small parts, small portions of what he was being given. So it's not a, um, oh, how to explain it. It's not a direct 
a complete sample, I guess, is a good way to think of it. Even if it was taken straight out of whatever the, the Ratmen were giving him, um, you know, its portions and different doses, you know, they very well could have been giving him different doses uh, that work to varying degrees. And so now it's all been mixed together, which could complicate things. No, it'll just, just take some time and, and some, some book work to get things done here. So he, he asked you guys about your symptoms and how long you guys have been feeling sick and things like that. And he takes a lot of notes and um, he says, uh, well, I'll tell you what I've been telling a lot of my clientele as well uh, in regards to this new sickness. Um, there's a few things that usually help with any illness to some degree. Obviously, bed rest and hot water bath for any either of you. Um, the hot water can help open up your airways and uh, make your breathing a little bit better. Get rid of some of that phlegm and nastiness that builds in your esophagus and your lungs. Um, and uh, Firth, you said that you're starting to shiver a little bit and feel cold. Um, you know, that, that could get worse. And if it does, um, I would recommend you keep a small piece of leather, like an old belt or something. And if the shivering gets to the point where you feel that you're chattering your teeth, use that to bite down on so you don't damage your teeth, especially when you're asleep. You don't want to be grinding your teeth or uh, swallow your own tongue or anything like that. So uh, have that just in case. Um, and then he, he goes like popping out of his head like, what? <laughs> He goes over to his uh, one of his shelves and he goes through like a medicine cabinet and gets a few things out. It looks like he uh, mixes up a few things and he gives you guys what looks like uh, almost like a, a miniature keepsake urn. And he gives one to each of you. And there's a very pleasant smelling aroma that's coming off of it. You see that he poured and mixed something in there. And he says, um, if you get if you're feeling terribly terribly ill or if things get worse take this uh and it should help um alleviate some symptoms should we not take it now completely up to you um firth perhaps uh, i would suggest you take yours now um mort you, you haven't started to experience any shivering yet uh, just, just coughing. Okay. Keeps getting worse by the day. I'm more done saying that. I've actually swallowed whatever this thing is. Okay. Um. So, what it'll let you do is uh, the next time you take the endurance test against this disease, you can re-roll it. Um. I do feel like you know. I hate to to. Um return to this, but I do feel like at least one of us should stay with you um, in in the event that um, trouble's finding its way here, I, just because you you are, you represent the best hope for the city right now. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't feel good just leaving you kind of unprotected in the way that, uh, you know, the others were. Well, I... I appreciate the uh, the sentiment, and um, well, uh, based on everything you've told me, I uh, I suppose that it would be rude to turn down your offer. So, if one of you wishes to remain here, then you know my house is your home. 
Um, I think I think between the two of us, it might make more sense if I were to stay behind, because perhaps in some way my character might be able to provide some sort of assistance. Yeah, you've got the knowledge for sure. Yeah. You speak the language. Bert's eyes were glassy during that whole thing about like, <laughs> you know, he's like, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like looking around. Has no idea. And the idea of this guy potentially offering hot baths and a, and a place to sleep is very enticing to Mort right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you had yeah, hot baths. He'll pour you a little bubble bath and, you know, bring mm. you your, your milk and cookies and your little rub. Give you a little back tea. rub, you know, get yeah. all nice cozy. <laughs> yeah, it, it doubles as a spa, you know, so. Um, okay, well, yeah, if, if you want to remain there, obviously you're your book smarts can help him even if it's to like take notes for him as he's, you know, dictating what he's doing and things like that and recording results. Um, you can certainly stay there. So I, that's probably the better decision if only one of you is going to stay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll be an assistant as best as I possibly can. Okay. May not be, you know, classically trained, but you know, like you said, I, I know how to use a pen and paper and write things down and, you, you know, remember things. So maybe. Yeah, and you don't write your R's backwards like Firth, so hey know, now. good. <laughs> uh Firth, what do you do? Um, um eventually leave them. Yeah, I mean I'll poke around for a bit, uh ask if he's got any more things, you know, like maybe another one of those for safekeeping. Um then I will uh do I, would I have any sense we really didn't discuss this ahead of time, Volpe, whether or not you'd be coming to meet us or anything like that, did we? No, we really didn't, but I kind of figured you wouldn't be there for more than a day. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll um I'll head back towards the temple quarter. Uh and actually actually Firth will go to the Temple of Verena. Okay. And what do I got? So before you leave Firth, um, he is willing to whip up another dose of that for you, mm -hmm. but he does request uh, that you pay for that particular sample. You know, yeah, he's willing yeah, to give you guys absolutely. the first one for free. So No, we, we'll pay for all of them. That's no problem. Uh, he says, well, I normally charge 12 silver, so uh, the first one you're welcome to, but you know, I, I do have to make a living as well. Uh, I'll give him a gold coin. How's that? That's 20 uh, silver, right? It, yeah, his eyes light up a little bit. He's like, oh, my, you're, you're too kind, good sir. Of course, yes, here's another dose for you. Thank you. I can't I can't uh, impart to you enough how important we think this is. How vile what we saw underneath the city was. He nods, and he says... Uh, I, I understand, and if it's, uh, well, let's just say if, if, if this information coming from someone of your profession, uh, I understand the importance. So you have my word. I will do everything I can to uh, assist with this. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, yeah, he looks to Morton, says, uh, well, shall we get to work? All right. See you around soon. We got some work to do. Yeah, we'll be back uh, as soon as we're able. Okay. Stay safe out there. Thank you. Yeah, you as well. Be alert.
So, Firth, you're going to go to the Temple of Verena, and what do you wish to do there? Uh, I am going to... Uh, is there like a donation? Uh, oh, sure. On my yeah, of course. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to kind of make a prayer and, and go to one of the alms and light a candle uh, and, and pray an apology. And then uh, leave three gold coins at the... Uh, how, how many people did we kill in there? Four, didn't we? Uh, back at the temple in yeah. uh, in Ubersreich, uh, you killed the high priest and his assistant, and, and you guard. killed four guards. Oh Jesus, really? There was the guy. In, there was the guy in the lobby that you killed. Yeah. There was the guy in the garden that Morton Lavolpe killed. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, it was three guards. Then there was the one that came upstairs after you guys killed the high priest. That's right. Okay, so I'll leave a coin for each of them. So that's that's five coins, right? Total three guards. Five, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. a gold coin for each of them. So that's five gold coins. Wow. I see. Bert, Bert's feeling he's feeling bad about that. Uh, all right. Well, I will. I will keep that in mind. La Volpe, you reach back over to uh or you arrive back at oliver's uh house and uh you know you sit down with him he lets you in and you said you're going to kind of fill him in on what's been going on yeah at least on my half so you know i tell him met with shadow claw again i'll tell him tomorrow i'm supposed to take the boat uh and protect it i'll say that i still think my disguise uh is Either either working or he's uh, just too preoccupied with needing someone to help that maybe he doesn't particularly care. But mm-hmm. I'll mention that, you know, I had the note on my door. So he kind of knows where I'm staying. Uh, so that makes me nervous. And uh, I'll also tell them what uh, Firth, and Firth and Mort have done. But, you know, that I, I haven't seen them back yet. Um, I'll tell him about Ziegler. Uh, oh, he, he knows that, I think, already. We we came uh, and visited him since then. But, yeah. Uh, I don't believe you have, actually. I think this is the first time you've been back since he gave you the bomb. Well, I will, yeah, I'll tell him about uh, uh, Ziegler and uh, everything that's kind of gone on. Uh, and I'll say that I have not seen who I thought was, um, I'm blanking on his name now. Gorman? Gorman, the person we, uh, suspected. Uh, I haven't seen him since. Well, quite, uh, quite a few adventurous days. And so, so these, these rat people are real, huh? Eh, I was uh, reticent. Lavolpe probably doesn't know that word. I was uh, <laughs> not quite sure. I believed it myself, but uh, I've seen quite a, a few different kinds of animal people, so why not have rat ones too? But uh, I tell you, I saw his snout right in front of me. 
His beady eyes. He did not look like any other beast I have seen before. And there's something just uh, different about them. They seem smarter than the beastmen. He seems to have lots of plans. Well, if uh, if what you've been telling me is, is all their concoction, it certainly sounds like they're up to quite a few schemes. Hmm. Unsettling, to say the least. You know, I've, uh, it's not that I doubt you or Matthias. It's just, um, uh, I, it's it's a it's a strange tale to believe, I suppose. But I, I don't see any reason why you would all continue to lie to me, unless it's some big joke to get over on Oliver. But um, Matthias isn't one for jokes, so usually. This would be the joke to end all jokes, and uh, quite frankly, I, I don't think we have the time to pull that one off. So, uh, rest assured, this is all very real. Uh, if I can bring you a, a a pelt of one of them or a or a tail, so you can see for yourself, I will. But uh, we are very concerned that uh, we are all in danger while this is uh, happening, given how uh, the few of our allies were executed. What's what's your plan next? Well, I must keep up my appearance and hopefully I will be able to learn a little bit more uh, on this excursion. My, I suppose, concern is if this is the point where we, uh, what's the phrase, give up the jig? Uh, yeah, you would say the the jig is up, is how we say it here in the empire. Ah, quite. Well, my jig seems like it might be up tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night. But uh, we, I have not seen uh, Firth yet. Now, they have the samples of what we found in uh, the apothecary's lab, and uh, hopefully they might be able to learn something. They are both uh, quite sick and getting worse, it seems, so is another problem we must worry about. And I uh I keep my distance from him too. I I kind of I I make mention of that. So, uh, worry uh, it has infected me as well. I've been around them, but uh so I will keep my distance from you, friend. Well, I I appreciate that. Although if uh if it's as bad as you say, I'm uh, sounds like the city's in for quite a well, quite an ordeal. That's when things like this break out in our cities, it's usually hard to, to stay on the healthy side unless you, you know, lock yourself away. And um, well, with everyone we have working on the uh, the cannon and such, oh, troubling times, my friend. It is indeed. Well, hopefully we are catching some of this early on enough that we can make a difference. Indeed. Is there anything else that you are going to uh, do after you speak with him, LaVolpe? Not that I can think of. I just kind of wanted to report back to him, and I guess I'll say, you know, uh, hopefully you uh, you see me again after tonight. Yes. Say a prayer to Sigma for your, your safe return, and um, let the three of you make it through this. Uh yeah, and with that I'll uh I'll take my leave. Yeah. Uh do you go anywhere after that? 
or what what are your plans after that? I guess I would wander back to the green bottle to see if you know any of them had shown back up yet. Um, I'm guessing it's sort of like early, well, like early afternoonish. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they obviously they have they have not come back when you check back at the green bottle. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll I'll sit down and have a lunch and just kind of stake out and keep an eye out for them. Okay. Is there a particular? Uh, do you, how long do you wait, or do you eventually go do anything else? You just kind of hanging out at the end. I think I'll stay for uh, see them by then. Maybe I'll go just have a. It's kind of a walk around town to clear my maintenance wise or otherwise, and I can't think okay. of it. So Morton to get to work and he completely kind of remain open. And then in the evening or in between patients, especially if you guys want to keep up appearances and uh, make it, you know, seem like nothing is going, you know, going on out of the ordinary. Mark, try to work uh, the other front while he does his uh, stuff. Um, uh, you perhaps you could say that, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, I'm like a secretary, and you can, uh, you know, I, I do actually get people are going through. But yes, I think if we want to keep up appearances, I, I should probably stay as open as I can, and we can do investigations in the in the evening. Okay. Um, I, I assume this place, like, sells stuff? Like, like customers like can only be in the waiting room, but one at a time in the room that you okay. guys were in. Well, and... I think it's time to... Time for Mort to learn how to be a shitty doctor. All right. And then, like, the rest of the house is his actual, like, living, you know, quarters. Okay. Uh, but that's completely separate from the rest of uh, what's going on here. So um, why don't you give me a fellowship test to see how you do acting as uh, his his secretary assistant? Am I still at minus 10? Yes. For a little bit, you would be. Great fellowship at minus 10. Alright, it's gonna be a rough day at the old alchemist shop. <laughs> okay, you know, not as bad as I thought. I only failed by two. That's not terrible. Oh, sorry, no, it's it should be it should be verse seventeen, not verse ten. That could actually only be a failure by one. That's not bad, all things considered. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean. People are obviously a little put off that Dobbler's not meeting with them. Uh, most of them are obviously more well-off people uh, higher up on the social food chain and obviously have a, a sense of entitlement that you're all too familiar with uh, from your homeland. And, um, you know, then, you know, meeting with a complete stranger and an elf, you know, most people, as usual, are... Thick and coughing. Yeah, oh, that too, yeah. Um but you get through the day without any real big disasters, and you're able to to help him out um, a little bit. It's more it's more that just people have a negative reaction to this, and occasionally Dobbler comes out when someone's like really irritated and you know kind of tries to put him in their place, um, and you know introduces you as like a, a new assistant, a apprentice assistant, you know, a temporary uh, working apprenticeship sort of thing. So. Um, Firth, what do you do after your visit to the temple? And could you also give me a fellowship test, please? Fellowship. Actually, a willpower test. 
Uh, okay, hold up. I've never taken willpower test before. There we are. Uh, my, I'm at minus uh, five. Still, I presume all all your stats are at minus ten total now. Minus ten total. Um, and I presume I'm no longer suffering from my morning illness. Correct. Yeah, you're not fatigued okay. anymore. Oh, I failed by five. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and use my first of my, I guess it's what, 10 o'clock. That's, that's fine. Um, succeed by zero, by one, I guess. And when, when you go and you uh, do this donation and you are, you know, kind of praying for the, the men that you killed back at the temple, how uh, sincere is Firth when he does this? I, th I think he's legitimately sincere. Like, I think he feels it's something that has not sat well with him. Okay. Well, you may remove one corruption point. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Nice. I needed some of that. I needed some of that mojo. It definitely doesn't erase the stain of what happened, and the memory is still obviously fresh and raw in your mind. But you do feel something when you're sitting there in this temple and praying. And even though Firth isn't a very religious guy, it kind of reminds you back when you were in the Temple of Sigmar in Stromdorf when uh, Matthias took you there the first time and started telling you some stories of Sigmar. And even though you don't really know much about Verena's dogma, um, you know, you figure, well they were worshipers or at least employees of the temple of Verena. So this seems like the right place to go to. Um, and, and you feel like maybe there's something or someone out there that recognizes you're trying to right a wrong and you feel just a little less of a burden on your shoulders. Wait. But after that, what do you do? Uh, so are we are we kind of in the late afternoon at this point, probably? Yeah, I would say it's it's after twelve noon at this point. And and we're not expecting I'm not expecting Eladio until ten o'clock at night. Yes, correct. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Eladio was ten and Shadowclaw was was midnight. So I'm gonna follow up at all if I can on uh, Gorman. Okay, how would you like to go about that? I don't know how I want to do that. Um. What it, what was he had a title or something, didn't he? What we knew he was connected to. Or we he, knew he was a muckety muck. You had heard from Oliver that he is the supreme magistrate of Nuln, uh -huh. and Oliver said that there are rumors that he is the head of the Countess's secret police. Gotcha. But you know he doesn't really know if that's the truth or not, or just you know an old wives' tale. Yeah. One of the higher ups on the council, you know, he's the basically the head judge, you know, the biggest cases, you know, he'd be, I guess, for lack of a better term, he's kind of like the chief justice uh, um, in some regards. So I'm, I'm going to go and as a chief justice, as a lawman to lawman, try and track him down. Um, uh, okay. Where would, uh, yeah, so yeah, I'll basically just kind of flex, flex a bit of, uh, you know, I've got the hat on, and I'm going to be saying, like, you know, I'm looking for the magistrate's office, the chief magistrate's office. Can anybody point me towards, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
So before you do that, what you do know uh, from what Oliver explained is uh, that he is like one of the higher ups and he's part of the council that kind of rules under the count, the countess, the electric countess. And, you know, he definitely explained a little bit about the palace and on the map there, the all dig quarter, um, which basically the all, the all dig quarter is the, the palace itself, which is obviously has a large grounds on it. And um, just some of the other really, um, like the, the, the city's most elite nobles uh, have their townhouses up here. So this is probably the richest, most important part of the city. Uh, so you would imagine that, you know, if he works on the council, he's probably somewhere around the palace or even in the palace, perhaps. Yeah, okay. So I'll head up that, I'll head up the hill, kind of up that main road, headed up towards there. Um, is that is that like a garden area off to the, the east side on the hill? Like, uh, which one? Trees? Number 10? Yeah. So that, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this word. That's a <laughs> uh, Ged Auchengarten. Ah, yeah. The Auchengarten. If any German listeners want to actually pronounce that for me, I'd be yeah. really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, that is, uh, it is basically a large park and it's got, tons of evergreen trees and road bush uh, rose bushes very very nicely kept uh and very you know one of the only spots of greenery and shrubbery in the entire city and just as you would expect to you know to any palace grounds or you know fancy noble place it looks like it is meticulously kept and you can see a couple people sitting on benches enjoying you know the afternoon as if nothing wrong in the city is currently going on and in particular, there is a uh, a large black obelisk of stone that looks like it's been erected in the center. Uh, it looks like some sort of memorial uh, when you kind of are walking through the pass. And the paths are very clean and very nicely paved stone paths that kind of wind through this garden. It doesn't look like it's like got any sort of like symmetrical design or anything like that. It looks very, I don't want to say haphazard, but very flowy you know it's not like okay it goes straight and then branches off you know at 90 degree angles or anything like that it's more organic and wavy yeah exactly exactly i dig it um okay so i'll just look for the uh what did i get a good enough look at i probably didn't get a good enough look at him to recognize him by sight after uh the after you know the sewer encounter well, you guys never saw him. You only yeah, heard so we him. Were just, you're right. Okay. I mean, Lavolpe didn't even get a look at him. He was only a couple feet away from him. Right. You guys were hiding around a corner, like 50 yards back. So. Yes, yeah, there's no you... question of me. Yeah. So I think that's something that I will try and do. I'll try and just get somewhere that I'm like near enough to, you know, like ask for the chief magistrates, you know, say that like I'm a witch hunter first. I, I just wanted to announce myself and speak with him if he had a chance real quick uh just to compare some notes on some things that we were looking at and wondering if if he'd had similar experiences and so on uh who do you ask or do you, you want to give me a gossip test here sure like i guess i'm trying to find like the i'm just asking anyone on the street like if they could point me to the uh offices and then if, in if i start to get closer 
I'll start to lay on that other stuff. Okay, well, give me a gossip test uh, at minus 10, please. Minus 10 more than my normal minus 10? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, I failed by six. I got nothing. So you realize that despite your uh, appearance, uh, it seems that people give you very short clipped answers. And, you know, Firth can tell when he's amongst people that either <laughs> feel that they're above him or oh, yeah. they simply do not want you there. Now, whether that's because they can tell that you're lowborn and you're not a noble, or because they don't like the idea of a witch hunter walking around asking questions and that makes them uncomfortable, you're not sure. But definitely one of those two things makes you feel very unwanted here and very unwelcomed. Um, okay, that's fine. I I was half expecting something like that. So I'll just... I'll just um... You know, just kind of watch the proceedings, maybe just take a seat at the garden area and look back towards the uh, Aldig quarter and just okay. kind of watch what's happening. All right. So uh, all uh, this this rounded part of the map that you see here, this is all like one big hill that sticks up above the rest of the, the city and oh. the palace is kind of so this right here this path when you get from here and start going towards the palace begins to go up and you can see these lines right here yeah yeah that's like sure. the bottom of the hill so this whole section this whole quarter is raised above the rest of the city and as you get further towards the palace that's where the hill kind of peaks so the palace is on the highest point of the city and gives a nice commanding look over it and sure. you can kind of you know see the the rooftops of the buildings nearby and then further down you can see the the wall and even further across the river the bridges and the smokestacks over on the far side of the city so it is a, a pretty good view now you do notice that the all of these buildings especially these ones here uh, look like noble homes, you know, townhomes, mansions. The rich five, of the rich are here. Paying. Everything over by uh, okay. by like eleven. On the f like the rich of the rich there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And as you can see, the garden does take up a pretty massive section of this hill, and uh, you can only imagine how expensive it would be to probably get property there. Um. The other thing that you see is um there is a large domed building right here that circular building next to 11 mm -hmm. and it's one of the larger structures and even though the palace overlooks it uh and is impressive this other building is is no less impressive and dome tops are something you rarely see in the empire definitely a architectural and engineering um accomplishment uh do i i mean do i have any sense of the purpose of that building is it it's is it a a domed uh, uh you're not sure without investigating it could be a couple different things but you're not sure but that's the I only mean, other thing that really sticks you know everything's a little unordinary to you but in this section that's the only other thing that really sticks out as different okay I, I'll go over and have a look. I mean, I've got I've got till ten o'clock at night to kill, so I'm okay. You know, naturally curious individual. Birth is a lifelong learner. You know, so um, it looks like currently 
um, it is open for people to enter and inside the ceiling of this dome has some very elaborate paintings uh, very similar to like the Sistine Chapel where obviously a very famous artist has painted some masterpiece up on the ceiling and the fact that it's within this dome part of the ceiling makes it even more uh, of a feat you know because it's this painting on this weird you know domed angle um, but when you get in here, it looks like this is some sort of audience chamber at the far end opposite the door. There is a throne on like a raised section, like a little stage almost. And there's a very nice looking carpet that leads from the door up to the front of that, uh, uh, that throne. And next to the throne, there's a couple other chairs and it looks like there's a long wooden like table slash desk that several of these people could sit at alongside the throne. So it looks like some sort of audience chamber, but currently it doesn't like, it does not appear to be in use. And other than like a guard or two, that's, you know, watching the premises, you know, maybe there's a person or two in here observing and admiring the art, but other than that, nothing else is going on. So it's kind of, um, it's functional as opposed to purely architectural. Okay. Yeah, it just, it just looks like maybe whatever this is used for isn't being used on this particular day or time. Um, but I mean, it is very well kept and it is, you know, it is a marvel to say the least. All right. Well, that's a big part of what Perth signed up for. You know, wants to see a bit of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, gain, gain one culture point. Yeah, I'll have one culture, please. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll wait to do. Um, I'll just I'll basically sit in the garden and, and just watch the quarter, watch what's happening in it, see if that you know, like I see anything suspicious, any kind of weird people, anybody skulking about, any regular faces, you know, not really looking for anything in particular, but just kind of soaking up the uh you know, I'm I'm trying to hone my fledgling uh detective skills basically. All right. And how long do you do this for? Um for the, for the duration, really, till till I'm I'm about ready to go down, till till about nightfall, I guess. Okay. Well, you can give me a perception test at plus sixty, considering how long you're sitting here for. See by six. What you do notice is, um, there's not a tremendous amount of activity going on up here. There are, you know, occasional groups of nobles that are enjoying the park that you're sitting in. You do see. Uh, maybe a change of guards, you know, here or there, and occasionally some some guards or other individuals either come to or leave the palace. Uh, but there's not a tremendous amount of activity, and there's certainly nothing uh, suspicious that you see. Um, however, later in the day, you do... The, the only person that really sticks out is uh, there's one gentleman that you see who does not have the look of a guard or necessarily a, a noble person. Um, he's not wearing noble attire. He's not wearing anything that would indicate that he's like a judge or anything like that. Um, he's nicely dressed, but he's a bit nondescript. 
And just because you've been here for so long and watching for so long, that's the only thing that sticks out to you because he just looks a little different than everyone else. And um, he it looks like he's able to get into the palace quite easily. Oh, he's, he goes straight into the palace? Yeah. You definitely okay. can tell he looks like he's uh, a man with, he's walking with purpose, and he looks a bit, a little bit like a, a man on a mission, I guess is the best way to describe it. Hmm. All right. Um, does he come back out, or is he is he in there? No, you don't, uh, you don't see him after watch. he enters, no. Um. That's cool. So yeah, I'll wait till uh, r- roughly dark, and I'll head down and uh, back towards the uh, temple quarter where we're gonna make our make my escape. Okay, I'm seeing if I have a piece of art for this character. I'm I don't know if it's on this computer or the other ones. Just give me a second here. Yeah, no worries. Uh, is this it? Oh yes, I do. Okay, let me. I don't have it loaded into roll twenty, so let me do that. Um, but yeah, that is that is the only thing that really strikes you as a little out of the ordinary, so to speak. Is there, is there anyone around me? Well, I like, mean, occasionally, uh, yeah. There's 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 people in the park. There's maybe a guard walking by, and you can tell these are definitely higher tier guards. They're not town guard. You're guessing they're probably the palace guard or you know royal guard, whatever they have here in Nolm. These are obviously the more well trained and equipped ones. These are them. Yeah, I hear. You. Okay, cool. Um, All right. This is the man that you see enter. And I want to be clear, even though he kind of has the look of it, you can tell that he is not a witch hunter. He does not have the hat and he does not seem to have anything that would indicate that he doesn't have any symbols of any sort or any iconography on him that marks him out as any particular like order or a knight or anything like that. But gotcha, you know. Uh, yeah, and I presume a lot of the guards here are kind of, yeah. I, no, I, I see what you're saying. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, the guards here all have, like, medium to heavy armor, whereas the town guard usually have, like, light to medium armor, you know? Mm-hmm. So you see a lot more metal in their armor, chainmail, plate here and there, you know, half breastplate, things like that, yeah. or half plate. All right. I will file that one away. Uh, all right is there anything else that any of the three of you want to do before the evening no i'm good take a hot bath get a nice night's sleep yeah i lavolpe's i guess kind of wondering where the heck they all are uh, and starting to get a little nervous um well lavolpe give me an intelligence test at plus 40 I'm going to need that. Uh, I fail by one. All right. So you're not sure exactly what they might be up to or how long it's going to take. The only thing you kind of realize is, man, we didn't really specify exactly what to do once we split up. And you're starting to kind of kick yourself for that. the only thing you can think of is that, you know, if they had to sneak in, they may have to sneak out. 
and you're not sure if they've made plans for that or not or what that might entail. Gotcha. Well, I think LaVolpe is going to try and play it safe and stay in one spot so they can still at least find him. And uh, regardless, he knows he kind of has to make this meeting the next night. So, Okay. Um, actually, I guess I should rewind uh, just a, a minute here now that I'm thinking about it. When you spoke with Eladio he, and you asked him if you wanted to dine tonight and stuff, he probably would have said to you, um, your friends may be dining again tonight to leave the restaurant. Ah. And that would be the only thing he would say about that. Okay. I think Lavope understands that. So, yeah, he'll uh, have a nice dinner and chill out and maybe have a drink inside the uh, inn and uh, see who he sees. All right. So, the three of you continue to do what you've been doing throughout the day and eventually we get closer to the evening so mort you are staying with dobler firth you are gonna go meet up with eladio and lavolpe i assume you're going to go meet with eladio as well and i'm going to uh ask if i uh well, it, it, he's there at night, so I don't have to speak in code at night. Okay. So I'll go there and see if I can just come with him uh, and ask him if, if you know if he's going to go pick them up, and I'll come with him. Yes. So he is indeed um, going there. And as he brings you through the secret entrance, he explains everything that happened the night before. Obviously, he points out he did not actually witness the Skaven, but um, when he tells this all to you, you can tell that he obviously believes them and uh, either realizes or believes that they are real. And he explains that they had asked him to meet them at the exit uh, to perhaps make the trip back under the wall. And he said, you know, they, they paid me something and they said they would you know pay me more. Uh, to be there, and if they're not there, then, you know, they gave me a little bit something in advance because uh, I have to make the trek down there, and obviously with the rats, um, it could be dangerous. Well, I'm quite happy I missed that. That sounds like quite the mess. Uh, well, thank you for helping them. Uh, it's good I'm coming with you then in case there's trouble. Yes, I'm. I'm glad you showed up. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I've. I've definitely been down here a couple times myself. But um, well, after last night, I wouldn't mind having a companion. So we must be careful, friend. There is uh, much going on in the city right now, as we're finding out. Yeah. So as you guys are uh, are making your way through, um, you know, he can, you can tell that he obviously wants to ask some questions and talk. But at the same time, you can tell that obviously he's a little nervous to make a lot of unnecessary noise, considering what happened the night before. So much like with Mort and Firth, you guys travel for about half the journey, and then you get to this stopping point where he um, you know, offers you the water skin and if you want to take a break. And at that point, you guys can chat for a little bit. Uh, otherwise, you then continue onwards after that. After a few questions, but I'll, you know, I, I preface it saying, uh, friend, uh, I will say this, uh, probably the less you know, 
It might be the better for you. It is one of those situations. He kind of shrugs and nods. I understand. I know with uh, creepy crawlies like these uh, these rat men. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's a good idea. And uh, unless you have anything to ask him, eventually you guys will continue your other half of the journey. No, I don't think so. I think I'm good to proceed. All right. Well, when you get to the uh, to the area where they fought the Skaven, you know, he does stop and he points. He's like, and he kind of whispers a little bit, but he says, that's the the tunnel that we could uh, smell the stench from. And that's where your friends went and where they said they encountered the, the rat men. And, you know, he just points down the tunnel. Yeah, I, I definitely take mental note of where it is and, you know. Yes, and it. much like with Firth and Mort, you are very surprised at how long and winding of a journey it is down here. But eventually you do come to the end of this tunnel where um, you see he, he tells you to stay back and he very quietly creeps forward and you are impressed at how little noise he makes as he kind of disappears down the tunnel and you guys put out your torches uh, and he makes his way, you know, towards this entrance. And uh, Firth, where exactly are you waiting? Are you actually in the tunnel? Or are you waiting outside of it? Um, oh, wait. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll wait, uh, I'll wait just inside so that he doesn't have to like pop out and pop back in. Okay. Well, eventually... You hear a voice from the darkness, a familiar voice. I see one of you are here tonight. And eventually you see Eladio kind of step out of the darkness. Yeah, we're uh, just me tonight. Well, not just you. And then he motions for you to follow him. And he brings you to the familiar form of Lavolpe. <laughs> Volpe, you old dog. Concerned uh, you would not make it back out, but looks like you're no worse for wear. Uh, I've been better, but yeah, I think uh, we've come through this so far uh, reasonably well. Yeah, we can... You're not uh, going to what we met down here in this tunnel. Oh, I, uh, I heard. It seems I missed uh, quite the fight, but uh, yeah. come, we can talk once we're uh, away from here. Yeah. Uh, where is... Uh, Mort. 
Mort's going to stay with the apothecary and uh, guard him uh, and help him. I didn't want to leave him alone, uh, knowing what we know about what's happened to Sigler and uh, Nearhouse. Probably a wise choice, friend. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it, but I don't, I don't see an alternative at this point, really. No, I think we need to keep a watchful eye on uh, him. He's very critical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's too important for what we're doing. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get back then. All right. Well, you guys pass the tunnel that you remember all too well from the night before Firth, and you continue on back the way you came. Eventually, I, I presume what like I'll pause and put an ear down, like to see if do I hear anything down that passage. Uh, you guys can give me perception tests if you like. It's not... doing very bad. Yeah, Rolled a ninety-nine. Oh, Firth would have passed if he didn't have his minus ten. Damn it! All right. You both failed. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you both stop, and obviously Eladio's listening too, and he says, "I don't hear anything." I certainly don't. Well, I still smell a little bit of something, but it's not as bad as it was last night. You think you routed all of them? You think you uh, got rid of them? Imagine they're just smart enough to go somewhere else, move their nest. I wish we were that smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, we should probably get back to the hotel. Are you... um... So uh, tomorrow you've, you're on for helping them with the boat, right? Yeah, I'll explain the you know what happened uh, with the counter with Shadowclaw, and I'll confirm that he's uh, one of the Skaven. Yeah, they're everywhere now. I think um, so. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know if I can back you up uh, during this excursion tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, if if I'm I am not sure. If I'm able, I will. We'll have to discuss how uh, we're going to tackle this, because this might be a a critical part of their plan. It might be the time we need to uh, disrupt it. Project ourselves a bit. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Well, you guys make your way back through the tunnels following Eladio, and it is uneventful. To, uh, to your thanks, and eventually you come back out the secret entrance that you first entered, and he makes you guys wait a moment while he goes up to make sure there's no one there, and then he um, he comes back down, and he says, well, this is where we part ways, my friend, my friends, and uh, he looks at you, Firth, and he says, um, a deal is a deal? And you could yeah, kind what, of hold out his hand, expecting what I, obviously I told something. Two, two silver? Is that what I told him? Um. Well, you gave him a few silver because you you paid him uh, a little extra in case you guys didn't show up. Because he was like, if I have to sneak through here by myself, you know, I I I need some sort of payment if I don't have to actually pick you guys up. Um. But he doesn't. Uh, you guys didn't really specify like an amount. You just said there's more, you know, where that came from. I'll, I'll give him two. Two silver? Yeah. 
Um, did you pay him anything, uh, La Volpe? No, tonight? I'll put in. I'll put in another five silver and say, uh, uh, "This is for uh, insurance and uh, just watch your back, friend." He uh, he kind of like slaps you on the side of the shoulder and he says, uh, "You too, my friends. Stay uh, stay safe with all these vermin lurking about. I wish you the best." Do you have any? tips for that? I mean, you seem to have some experience with these things. Well, I've really only ever seen them in passing and, you know, I've heard of them ever since I've been here in Nome. You know, you hear a lot in some of the taverns. Uh, occasionally, Sewer Jack's telling stories and things like that. Yeah, most people, including myself, didn't really believe them, but I've been down here enough times that I've definitely seen some things i've questioned and uh you know thankfully it's never come to anything too serious but um sounds like it's a lot worse if everything you guys are saying is true so i just try to keep to myself and you know keep moving i know a lot of hiding places down here you know i've i've um i've got my paths kind of figure out that I take depending, you know, where I'm going or where someone really wants to go to. So, um, you know, and I found some places that are kind of treacherous. So I, I try to avoid them, you know, too far off the beaten path or, you know, lead to dead ends or eh, tunnels that look a little suspicious, you know, maybe not safe. So yeah, I don't, I don't really have any tips for dealing with these things. I've never, I've never had to fight one or anything like that, but um, you know, the, Stories I've heard uh, over the years is uh, would lead me to believe that these things tend to be pretty cowardly, um, especially if they're not in big groups. So take that for what you will. They don't seem to prefer a, an upfront fight unless it's uh, you know in their advantage. That would make a lot of sense, is how we've seen them act so far. They say keep an eye on the sewer grates, my friend. You do the same. And uh, he uh, he says, um, you go on ahead. Make sure we're not all seen at the same time if we are seen. And uh, he's like, I'll wait a few moments and then I'll be on my way. Good idea. Uh, and I'll, uh, I guess I'll go first. Okay. All right, and uh, Firth, I assume you uh, you eventually follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you guys eventually walk back to the tavern together or separately? Separate, just as as we have been doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay like uh, you know, like twenty, thirty feet behind type of thing. Okay, that's fine. Well, eventually the two of you make it back to the uh, the inn without incident. Um. Yeah. I go to my room and uh i guess uh hang in there for a bit and then i might uh i'll give a firth a knock and join him and uh, discuss uh, our plans i'm in the common area i'm a commoner um That's right does mort still have a, a room uh no he did not pay for one I'll, not pay for it. I'll, I'll pay for a room tonight how much do i owe for that rooms are 10 silver Okay. An expensive fucking for your birth. Birth is old money bags now. 
splashing it out. Cool. You guys finally have money to spend. It's just like splurge yeah. on everything, right? Of course, never had so much money. He's like, here you go. You want some? I got some for you, too. Hey, man, it's okay. I think you've you've earned a few days in a, a bed, you know? Yeah, he needs a bed, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Might as well spend it, man. You never know. Uh, today could be your last. Might not be around to spend it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, again, I guess I'll. Uh, either way, I'll try and meet up with you just so we can talk about our next steps. But uh, yeah, we can all yeah, yeah. Just no, talk I'm in the morning if you're exhausted. You can come knock on the door. We'll we'll chat about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess I'll just you know you can brief me in uh, about what happened. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'll. Uh, I know about Mort and I'll say, uh, yeah, we should, uh, I don't know quite what I will be doing, but I'm supposed to tech protect this uh, boat. So maybe, uh, there's a way you can spy on me from afar. And uh, if, uh, yeah, do they, do they say oper- where, like, is it coming near the bridge or uh, just, at the yeah, I have, uh, I have instructions on where to meet it, but beyond that, uh, they're very slim with details, I think, on purpose. So uh, what we are carrying, what we are bringing in, is really uh, not something I know yet. Maybe uh, I can get Eladio at the docks to arrange like a small boat as well. And uh... hmm. You guys could possibly follow me? Intercept it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it uh, we might have to think on uh, if this is the right time. You know, uh, you know, like like uh, Kessler's been able to kind of rally the to- town guard in the past. You know, he's but I, I I recognize that we're not maybe on that footing. Um, I'm wondering if we could try and this into some kind of sting operation where we like uh, really nip this thing yes but my concern is uh, what if this is not the big opportunity it could be something small we're still a week away so this could be a test there yeah that's a good point we may not Very want to uh, give it up uh, so soon no I hear you okay yeah, let's um let's, uh, get some rest. We think about it tomorrow, and uh, exactly. maybe we yeah, talk we'll about. Good going. job, Volpe. We'll uh, chat in the morning. All right, get some rest. Okay, before you guys do that, Firth, I realize the endurance test I had you take for your sickness, I said was at minus ten. Uh, did you fail because of the minus 10? Uh, I think I failed by more than that. Let me speed me. Well, I guess I'll put it this way. It shouldn't have been at minus 10 is what I'm saying. That's my mistake. Oh, really? Well, no, but it would have been at minus 5, right? At least. Well, in total, because it's the first thing you did in the morning... It should be at minus 10 because of your, um, you start with one fatigue, fatigue condition or two from your dreams. Um, one. 
so you're you should have been at minus 10 for that and then minus five because all of your stats are at negative yeah, five so I, I would have failed. failed but then i i had put another minus 10 on that which you should not have had so it should have been minus 15 not minus 25 no that's okay i still failed okay all right my mistake yeah no it's all right it's all good You know, you know how Perth likes to fail these things. He doesn't. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here reading through my notes as you guys are talking. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. All right. Well, uh, you guys go to sleep. Um, if anybody's missing wounds, you can take your endurance test to heal. But I think everybody's at full. So uh, we then make our way to Festag, the 16th. And... I need all of you to give me endurance tests, please. Um, Lavolpe, yours is at plus 20. And for the two of you, straight up. So Does my warm bath could be a sort of benefit? <laughs> um, warm bath buff. Doctor's orders. No, but remember, <laughs> you do have the... Uh, Potion. You do you do have the the thing that he gave you if you want to take that which allows you to reroll. Yeah. Um. Doesn't so help. Just, just so I'm doing this correctly, I'm at a minus ten anyway, and then I'm at a minus ten for my morning sickness, right? Yes, because your stats are all at minus ten because of the sickness, and yeah. then you're at minus ten because of the fatigue condition. So I'm gonna go ahead and fail that. Yeah, I Five. failed by two. Would you like to? Uh, did oh. you use your reroll because you I took didn't. the potion first? I did. I did not. Um. Yeah, but it's still a minus twenty. I'm still gonna fail it. No, you never know. Oh, yeah, it got I worse. By, failed by even more. <laughs> the gods were like, no, no, so no, no. Everybody failed. Yeah, and I I used a reroll. Okay. I failed so, by I failed by less. It's pretty horrible. Firth, you are at another minus five to all of your characteristics. And Mort, you are now at minus five to all of your characteristics. Okay. Or get that apothecary in gear. Yeah, no well, why do you think I stayed behind? I'm the first dose of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're first in line. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Vaccine's ready. Sign me up. I'm here. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lavolpe, when you wake up in the morning, your throat is feeling a little dry, and occasionally during breakfast, you can't help but let out a cough. Vodka. It was a valiant effort, my friend, but it appears you have also caught whatever your friends have. I saved it up for quite some time, I will say. I, I was rooting for you. All right. Well, what do Lavolpe and Firth do as they awaken? This is the night that you are supposed to meet with the Skaven, Lavolpe. I, I have breakfast, and uh, after I eat, I kind of... You know, make make eyes at Firth if he's down there eating breakfast, and we'll kind of meet yeah. in an alley. 
Bertha's getting free breakfast. You know it. Like I paid for yeah. that room. Enjoy the hell out of that breakfast. This is the best part of staying here, my friend. Um... <laughs> I will say that Firth looks awful. Yeah. And and Firth at this point, the shivering is like full on. I mean, you 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 know, it's like when you have the flu, and no matter how many blankets you have on you. Um, like unless you're sitting in like really, really warm or hot water, you feel cold and you just constantly have like a shiver run down your spine. My least favorite feeling in the world. And to you, LaVolpe, it's, it's, it's visible. Like you can see, like, you know, he's doing that thing where it's like, you know, you sit kind of with hunched shoulders or you've got your arms like kind of, you know, pressed up against you. Um, and you can just tell like he looks cold and he's, he's shaking. You look like uh, garbage, my friend. Sorry, I've seen you better. Feel like garbage, yeah. Well, the uh, doctor didn't give you any medicine. Uh, I took the one. I guess I will it help if I take. Yeah, I guess I'll take the other one this morning since I used that other the first. I'll take the second dose. All right. Well, you can only re-roll or re-roll once, but or you can no, only that's re- fine. Yeah, but you can use it for the the next day. The next so. time, yeah. And I'm and I'm just hoping to like use it like like an aspirin or something where I can. Get through the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely alleviates some of the, the minor symptoms, you know. If nothing else, the smell just, it's like having a nice hot tea, you know. Doesn't do a whole lot necessarily, but it's its its a its a, a slight alleviation for that brief moment you have it. Sharp stick in the eye. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hope we, uh, we find out more... Uh, because I, I feel like I am uh, coming down with uh, perhaps uh, what is going around. Yeah, I think time is... Time is of the essence now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you're meeting them, what time tonight is it? I have to meet them tonight. And uh, I think maybe it is best if we agree upon... Uh, some signal for you to uh, intervene if needed. Perhaps yeah. we can see if uh, Alario would be willing to tell us. If not, maybe we find another way to do this. You mean like with me following you in a different boat type of thing? or? Uh... Yeah, you know how to uh, row the boat, yes? Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, you know, I, you know, I like <laughs> Do not forget the, your, uh, your roots, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. You just can't. Uh, you can't sing. That will give you away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. So let's go find a audio. Uh, I will. Um. I will let you go see him by yourself, so we are not seen together, perhaps. And uh, Fair. that's a good idea. I'll wait for you here. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll go down, talk to Eladio. See what he says about. Uh, are you going first thing in the morning, or are you waiting a little bit later? No, I'll, I'll go straight away. All right, it's the guy's favorite time of day, first thing in the morning. Right away, we're like we're like a group of dads on vacation. That's yeah. right, man. Getting up <laughs> the, at the crack of dawn and yeah, the the senior citizens. Everyone, get ready, get... we're going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they get up too early, son. We just we can't do anything. Everything's done by the time we get up. So. You make your way to the docks, and as usual, uh, the day is starting to get underway for most people. As you see fishermen 
loading up in their boats, getting ready to set out on the river. Um, and you see the hustle and bustle as the city starts to awaken. However, Eladio is nowhere to be seen when you get to his little shack. Damn it. I'm not there, but I internally think, God damn it. Yeah. And he, I, you know, I asked the guy at the stall next to him, like, is he usually here first thing in the morning? He nods his head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he rarely misses a day. Do you know where he lived? Uh, afraid not. Like, even like which direction he goes at the end of the day? Uh, I mean, he usually goes that way and he points down one of the roads. No one's going to know where this guy lives, are they? I'll wait around for like, you know, 15, 20 more minutes. He does not arrive. Um, I'll ask him if he knows anybody, the guy at the stall. So like, do you know anybody that can hire out a boat just for the evening? Uh, he says, uh, yeah, you can, um, you can ask some of the, uh, the, the dockers here and there. And he, you know, he points out a couple, he says, uh, maybe talk to one of the supervisors or, um, uh, yeah, you know, some of, some of these other ones, maybe even, uh, you could maybe ask some of the fishermen, they might have like a spare, uh, you know, a spare rowboat or something on their ship. They're not using. So I'll, I'll peruse the dock a bit, you know, kind of go up and down and, uh, you know, kind of use my dock workers experience to try and see if I can see some, uh, pretty, pretty handy type guy. Uh, someone that looks like they've know what to do. And you are in your witch hunter garb, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, the guy's probably a little bit more nervous when he answers your questions, but um, he definitely answers them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting, I'm not scowling or anything at anybody. I'm just kind of shivering in my boots, like. Sure. I'm about to well, sweat lashing off of me. That guy next to Ladio Stall definitely recognizes uh, what you are, but regardless, you are definitely in an area that you are familiar with. So give me a gossip test at plus forty. Hate when these awesome bonuses and then they actually actually what plus twenty five. Oh, I succeed by three. Okay, so you're trying to find someone that's willing to let you use a boat for the night. Yeah, but I'm I'm not just anybody. I'm looking for somebody that like looks pretty tough. Like presumably, or am I? Am yeah? I guess I, if I can get a boat just for myself, that's cool. But if I if I need like a guy with a crew, I look. I'm looking for a guy that's that looks handy how big of a boat are you trying to get um yeah like four people maybe tops I, so like are you talking like a big rowboat like you guys had when you fought uh when you were in stromdorf or like an actual boat you know that's just happens to be crewed by a small crew uh i'm not entirely sure of that section second option uh No, I think I think just like a a big rowboat basically oh. would. Okay. A sizable rowboat, not like a huge. Not like the one where we had where we fought those guys on the bridge, not like something like that. Sure. Okay. And you said you're looking for someone kind of tough looking? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not hard to find someone that fits that description at the dockside. Uh you find a 
rather large dude who's got uh, big muscular arms, a couple uh, nautical-themed tattoos crudely drawn in his flesh. He's got a uh, old, dirty uh, black bandana on his uh, what looks like rather bald head and typical dock worker clothes, pretty much what you're used to wearing. This guy, yeah. And it um, looks like he's um, he's shouting some orders at a couple guys as they're unloading uh, uh, like some some stuff, okay. getting ready to maybe set out for the day to go do some fishing. Yeah, so I'm gonna ask him if you know if I could hire him for the evening, basically to take me on the boat and maybe one other person on the boat. And you're referring to like just a rowboat, right? Not his yeah. actual ship. No, yeah, exactly. Not his fishing vessel, but just like a... Basically, I don't want to be the one rowing. I want him to do it, essentially, is what I'm saying to him. So, like, I'm wondering if he'll be... If he's willing to take me out and maybe one other person out onto the river in the evening. I don't really tell him much more than that. Okay. Uh, Give me a charm or a gossip test. I'm sorry, charm or intimidate, however you want to do this. Um... I think I gotta roll with intimidate because otherwise I'm rolling super low. Oh, oh no! The I'm gonna no. I'm gonna use my second fortune to reroll that. It's, it's a good thing you had the uh, potion for your endurance I, test. I, I rolled my perfect uh, hundo uh, yep. for, the, for the evening. All right. Oh wait. Ah oh, shoot. Well, I fail it actually. It's a success, but I failed it because I added. 15 rather than subtracting 15. Uh, so you'd still pass, right? Uh, no, because I rolled a 51, so I would fail. Well, you said you it should be negative what 15? That makes your target be, what, uh, 55, right? Yeah, no, my intimidate's 50, so it should, my target should be 35. So I failed. I don't know what the hell happened there. Um. Huh. Okay. So you failed by how much? Uh, one, two, two, okay. thirty-five to fifty-one. Okay. Um. Well, he doesn't back down right away, and you know he he tries to stand his ground a little bit, but you can tell there's a bit of a nervous. Uh, look in him when he sees a witch hunter kind of approach him and then kind of, you know, demand this, sort of, so to speak. And he looks you up for a moment and he says, look, mister, I don't want any trouble. If you need a boat, I'm sure we can work something out. Uh, I'll pay you for your trouble. I'm not, uh, I'm not, um, Pressing you into service or anything ridiculous like that, you know. I, I, I believe in honest wage for an honest work, you know, honest evening's work. It, it looks like he gets a little bit more comfortable and not as standoffish, and he puts his hands on his hips and he says, "Okay, what'd you have in mind, Mister?" Uh, I just want you to take your companion and I. Uh, kind of for a tour of the river. I, I I don't know where exactly yet, but I will by this evening. Uh, and just uh, kind of show us around an area or two. And uh, that's it. 
you can see he's looking at your twin tailed comet icon and obviously he, he recognizes what you are and he says okay i uh i think we can do that when exactly uh i think we'll push off somewhere around if if you're ready by 9 I'm I'm thinking we'll actually be gone about ten, but just in case, I'd like to have you ready earlier. All right, I think we can manage that. All right, thanks, brother. I will see you uh, about half noon this evening. All right, he. Uh, no, he and how, how much? How much does he want for his service? By the way. Well, you said you'd pay him. He didn't seem to really. When you said pay, that obviously made him more agreeable, but you could tell that he was still obviously uh, a little intimidated. So, um, I'll I, drop a silver in his hand. All right. Or yeah, he'll uh, all the money that. tonight. He'll take that. <laughs> I'll be hitting you guys up in no time. With, like with enough up. enough money, you can overcome all your failed tests. <laughs> Ah, just like life. Yep, pretty much. I have money. Um, does anyone have anything specific to do during the day, uh, up until the meeting with the rats? Some sort of signal for us yeah, for yeah. you to intervene. So, um, how are we gonna do this? Am I gonna? How am I gonna follow you? Or, well. I I have the address of where I'm to meet them. And I think you should follow. Basically, they want to meet like around this part of the shoreline. OK, um, actually, it's actually it's, it's right. It's right about here. Oh, and perfect. then because they 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 mentioned this road, uh, La Volpe, this long main road. But they want you to set up over here. And he said that a boat is good. Basically, a boat is going to show up, and he wants you to make sure that the boat is not interrupted when it lands, so to speak. He didn't say much other than that. So that's what we have to go on. So I, I guess I had assumed I was going to be getting on it at some point, and uh, from there, I do not know. So I think you'll just have to trail me and. Look for any signs of trouble, and because uh... remember, Shadowclaw used the terms "guard" and "protect" boat. Right. I guess that made me think we were going into um, the Allstadt with the boat. Ah, you could be. I mean, you don't know yet. You don't really know. But... So I, I kind of tell that to first. But that's kind of my suspicion. I say, um, but you know, not. 100% sure. So I think um we're going to do are we going to try and disrupt this or do you just follow like what are what's your thoughts or feelings about uh... I guess my thoughts are if it is if I determine it's a, a big enough threat that it's something we want to just um you know basically give ourselves up yeah. and attack it sure. and thwart it uh that's as far as it goes but if it's something that you know is not worth us giving up yet for we'll uh just continue the charade and i guess i've uh lavope 
is without unless he gets a better idea. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna yell out, "Help! Help! It's rats!" <laughs> and that'll be that'll be your that'll be your yeah. signal that's to no. come and uh, help support like what's a, going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Which point Lavolpe will dive into the water, if but it's um, bad, yeah, okay. That's what I'm thinking. So, do you got any bombs left, or should we get some bombs? Oh yeah, let's get some more bombs. That was those that worked out a treat last time. Yeah, so let's let's hurry up and get some a bomb or two. Okay. Would we be able to go by Oliver and see if he would sell us uh, another bomb? Sure. You got plenty of time, sure. All right. I guess we do that. All right. Well, to make a long story short, he does have enough materials left to make a bomb. Um, but he does... Th- this is going to be the last of what he has, and so he does want to get some compensation for it. Uh, pay pay the man. So... <laughs> Uh, LaVolpe or Firth, one of you can give me a haggle, the other one can assist. Um, obviously he's not looking for full price, which would be three gold, uh, but he does want to get a little compensation because this will be the last of his materials. And you'll have some good bonuses here because you're on good terms with him and he's trying to help you. Um, but he wants to get a little something. So your success here will basically just determine, you know, how, uh, how less of an amount he's willing to take. So, um, well, but you take it and I'll assist because I'm, I'm not guaranteed to make any good rolls here. Uh, so in order to assist, you have to have at least one advance in the skill. In haggle. So do either of you have the haggle skill? Let's start there. I do not. I don't. Okay. Uh, what if we, what if we give him each a gold? See if he takes well, it. Two gold. Well, I mean, it's all, it's a total of three if to just buy a bomb. So you know two would be enough, but obviously you guys can probably get it for less. So I will let you make a test here. If you don't have the haggle skill, then it's just going to be straight up fellowship. Uh, you can't assist because neither of you are trained in this. Only one of you can do it. And you will have yeah. plus 20 to the test because you're on good terms with him. Yeah, Volpe, you right. do because I'm, I'm in I can do a negative. fellowship. Yeah. I... <laughs> Fellowship's not so great. Actually, to be honest, when I'm looking at my difficulty numbers here, so I I haven't really gone into a lot of detail about this just because I think it's more of a DM thing, and I don't expect you guys to remember more stuff in this game because there's so many rules. But um, in this game, if something is harder or easier, each of those levels of easiness or uh, difficultness, if that's a word, difficulty, have a, a term so if you're doing a test that's just straight up at plus zero which most tests are especially in combat that's considered challenging and that's at plus zero so it's a straight roll um then you can then either get one two or three steps easier or harder um for the difficult tests that get harder it goes minus 10 minus 20 minus 30 uh, minus 10 is difficult, minus 20 is hard, minus 30 is very hard. And then for stuff that's easier, it's average, easy, and very easy, and those are plus 20, plus 40, plus 60. So uh, at, when we first started playing the game, I 
just kind of gave modifiers here and there, but just for ease of gameplay and trying to stick within the rule set, I do try to use these. So when you guys hear me, I say like, oh, plus 20, and then I, I say, oh, no, plus 40. You know, it's because I'm reading here and I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, this should be an easy test for you guys. It's not necessarily average because you're on pretty good terms with him considering his relationship with Kessler and everything. So it'll actually be easy, which will be plus 40 on this test. The 90s tonight, and I rolled a 95. So it's still <laughs> uh, me failing. It would a plus 40, it makes it 30, 45. Still fail by uh, three. Okay. Well, luckily for you, he rolled a critical failure. So, oh um, so at first, it looks like he wants a gold and a half. He wants half price is kind of what he throws out. So you can kind of counter offer and get him below that. How about uh, one gold? Yeah, he'll accept that. All right. I give him one gold and I'm very appreciative and say thank you oh he yeah he he lets you have it he says not a problem uh volpe i think you should hang on to this one because you'll be closer to the action so you use that one in a pinch maybe just sink the whole boat do you give him the striker first that you have from the previous one absolutely okay yeah so i'll be needing this and i uh I try practicing just lighting a flame with it a little bit, just so I know how to use it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got he's got other um, he's got like extra or leftover wick that you can practice on setting on fire that isn't attached to anything, or even just a candle too. You, know, you can practice yeah. on that. So yeah, very okay. cool. Uh, yeah. Give me a dexterity test, please, Levolpe. I swear to God, I'm going to throw these fucking dice out. Throw the 93. I've rolled, I've Ew. rolled like five. It's like I'm using the computer dice. Um, yeah. Uh, so that means I failed by like four. All right. Uh, it's not as easy as you thought. So it's a good, yeah, it's no a good kidding. thing you're getting in some practice. Sheesh. Yeah, this is uh, quite difficult. I thought it would be easy, but uh, I'm not feeling so well. He's like, well, now try doing that when you're on horseback in the middle of a fight. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I'll uh, I'll keep uh, fiddling with it throughout the day and uh, see if I uh, can't get a little better at it. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll let you like take a candle if you want to take a candle to practice on the rest Ooh. of the day. Nice candle. We can, we can spare a candle. Yeah, add that to your your trappings. You may need it one day. Scent, scent of the right candle. Yeah. Yeah, it's like sewage scented. Ah, very good. <laughs> oh, it's gunpowder scented, probably. Mort, do you do anything particular? Or you just keep helping out with Dobbler. What kind of progress is he making with this thing? Or at the? Or how's oh, it going let's, let's see. Um, the first night is basically there's not a whole lot for you to do. Is he's basically just reading all of. Ziggler's notes and trying to get an idea for what exactly you're dealing with. So it looks like day one is mostly like the prep work and really trying to get set up to decide what kind of experiments he wants to run and start to try to 
come up with like a, a hypothesis as to what exactly might be going on here. So there's not a whole lot for you to do on the first the first day. Um, you do discover that he can read Telian, so he is able to actually read the book. And he points out that it looks like this book is more or less, um, it, it's not like a book about medicine or apothecary type uh, things. It's more of a, a story and it talks a little bit about um, some plagues and things like that. And it looks like Ziggler was using it as a means to try to try to, I guess, for lack of a better term, like do a little history lesson on possible things that the Skaven may have been up to. And it looks like he's trying to use that as the basis for what this plague may be and using examples from this book or the, you know, stories from this book that point out to the fact that maybe there was other Skaven uh, plagues in the past. And so that's, that's where he's using it from. And it looks so like he was... the book is like a history of Skaven activity or plague activity or. No, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a history of different things in Telia, but there are mentions of some plagues and things like that. And it, it seems the way Dobler explains it is that it seems like this author, whether or not this is how it is in Telia, this author seems to more or less accept that the Skaven are a true reality. And the stuff that he's explaining is from the perspective and understanding that, yes, the Skaven are real, and here's some of the stuff they may have been up to. Gotcha. Okay. So it's 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 a history book that also actually has Skaven featured in it. It's not strictly about the Skaven. Okay. So yeah, most of it is him just kind of explaining what he's read. And obviously if you you know, if your character takes notes about any of that just for so he has like a little bit of a uh, a history, so to speak, of what you guys are doing. But other than that, yeah, it's nothing um nothing ground shattering. Um I'd ask him if he has any sort of uh permissions or ways of passing through the gates despite the lockdown. Or if he knows of any ways in or out of the gates. He says no. Um no one, to my understanding, has been let through other than you know, people in direct employ of the Countess, you know, such as the guards and things like that. Mm. Well, not even some of the higher up nobles, you know, even with all their money. Uh, the Countess is a very, um, a very intimidating woman. And uh, I don't think many people know how to deal with her. And, uh, well... When she wants something done her way, it pretty much gets done that way. So she said she wants the gates locked and no one in or out. And there's very few people that can get around an order like that from her. Hmm. Uh, are you going to be uh, participating in her masquerade? Uh, why, yes, I do have a um, an invitation. Do you know what the intent is of the masquerade? Well, the Countess is, um, she's always had a flair for uh, showing off and uh, letting people know uh, that she is the, um, 
what's what's the polite term uh, that she is the 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 wheel that makes gnome turn mhm gotcha uh and if she could have her way um i think she would have gnome become its own province or city state and simply leave the rest of wizardland to someone else's care um she really doesn't seem to have much interest outside of what goes on within these walls. Hmm. Very strict woman, I see. I imagine it'd be difficult to to deal with. Uh, yes. Um, but I, uh, I suppose being um, the only female elector count uh, probably has its challenges, so perhaps it's necessary considering her position. I'm concerned about this masquerade, and I, I suspect that perhaps the vermin beneath the city will use it as some sort of an opportunity to launch an attack, but time will tell. Well, I certainly hope not, but I suppose all things are possible with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think the uh, the notes you received and reviewed will guess that you're on the right track of how to go about handling this, this concoction? Uh, yes, I think so. I, uh, what I can tell from this book is that uh, it looks like the, the pages that Ziegler was uh, referring to and making notes on were... Uh, there's a couple passages in here that points to a disease that supposedly ravaged uh, the Telian city of Maragliano several centuries ago. And... Um, it seems like in most cases, uh, well, almost the disease seems to have been non-fatal, which is a little bit different than what uh, what we're dealing with here. And then he points to the notes that say enhanced how to what purpose. Uh, obviously, he was thinking the same thing, and there are definitely similarities to what we're seeing and what uh, is written in this book. So... I think what Arnold was getting at is is that the Skaven have used this very plague in the past, uh, although this seems to perhaps be an enhanced or more powerful strain, or maybe just a different strain that is is nastier. Any notes of how it was dealt with previously? Mm, no, I mean, it seems like it just mentions a little bit about this, just like any other typical plague that runs through a, a kingdom. Uh, we have them all the time here in the Empire, and uh, for the most part, they come in bouts. There's certainly, some people uh, don't live to see another day, but uh, unless you're referring to the Black Plague from you know years and years ago, nothing's ever quite crippled the Empire like that. Okay. You know, uh, some, sometimes cities, certain cities have uh, certain outbreaks of certain plagues over and over um, with how large and sometimes isolated and diverse the empire is, or even uh, places like Bretonia or Kislev or Telia, um, the environments and the, uh, the places one finds themselves can be a uh, a catalyst for different conditions or different uh, similarities or or symptoms or differences for a disease. 
for example, one disease might thrive in a warm environment where others uh, thrive in a cold environment. So us here in the South can be very susceptible to, let's say, something that the Northerners or the Kislevites wouldn't even get a cold over and vice, you know, vice versa, something that uh, barely makes us sweat or cough could be absolutely debilitating to someone in the North, uh, different, um, different resistances and immunities and things like that. You know, the Northerners always pride themselves on their toughness and ruggedness. And to, to an extent there is that, uh, but that's also true here. Um, you know, they learn to deal with the cold. It's part of their everyday life and being wet in the rain and, and the snow and the ice and things like that. But when you stick them down in, uh, let's say, Averland, where it's warm and sunny and sometimes uh, ungodly warm and hot and sweaty, uh, it's just as bad for them as it would be if we were stuck up in the mountains. And that's and the same stand. That's to say nothing about the differences between men and elves and dwarves and halflings. I mean, the dwarves, I've, I don't think I've ever actually met a sick dwarf in my day. Uh, they're quite resilient to things like that. And I, I haven't met many elves, unfortunately, but I would imagine things are different where you're from as well. Uh, something that, you know, might be quite common in your homeland could be absolutely catastrophic if it was here in, in the Empire or uh, same same uh, goes the other way. Well, to that point, you know, that this disease affected both myself and Firth at the same time, but clearly it's been affecting him more than me. And then if perhaps it's less effective against elders, perhaps it's different to resilience. I, I'm not sure. Uh, you see that his eyes light up a little bit as if he didn't consider that. He's like, that is an excellent point, my boy. Yes. And he starts to scribble some notes. Um, uh, and he like asks, you know, how you're feeling this day and is it is it any different and things like that. Um, and uh, you took your endurance test this day, right? Yeah, I failed. Okay. Awesome. Nice. I think I've only passed one since this whole thing started. Well, <laughs> buckle up. Yep, I don't think it's worse from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he um, he you know he he explains all that. That's the first night uh, that you guys have a chance to discuss, and during the second day now, he's able to start doing a little bit more experimenting, trying to figure out what's in each of these vials and things like that. And you know he he feels if he can identify some of those, uh, maybe he can start to figure out what. Arnold was up to as far as what he was thinking, or is there something here that he thought might be resistant? Or since you you do in theory have a sample of some sort of antidote, see if there's something that can, um, if if there's something in there that he can deduce to help make a cure or an antidote or something, you know. And he explains like you know he's like an antidote is normally you know that's for a poison, and so. Uh, if this is truly quote-unquote man-made by these creatures, you know, it's not a natural thing. If it's something they've concocted, uh, you know, then perhaps it is more of a poison than than a disease. Uh, my cat here sir, certainly seems to think so. Um, but, um, uh, and who's to say, if it's something they created, it, it, was it created uh, quote-unquote naturally? Was it uh, perhaps magically infused 
or was there some touch of the divine or whatever those things would consider divine uh, we might be dealing with something that is not really of this world so to speak mm -hmm. yes who knows what kind of foul things we're German are into and how they infuse their darkness and disease into this thing but then mm -hmm. it would it would lead one to wonder if the Shalians are having such difficulty dealing with it, perhaps it's not otherworldly. Perhaps it's not um, supernatural, shall we say. And maybe that's why uh, things aren't working. Or uh, who knows? Um, and you see he kind of stops for a second. He says, or perhaps it's a bit of both. And the Shalians use a mixture of their faith and and actual scientific medical knowledge, maybe maybe that that could be the key too. Maybe it's a, a two-part type thing. Uh, there's just there's so many possibilities, but uh, the notes here in the samples I think will be a good start. And the day goes on as he starts to try to dive into these samples and get an idea if there's anything there that might point him in the right direction. All right, well, at least we're on to something. Maybe making some progress. I don't know. I'm sure some more way that I can help him out. I don't know if him giving a sample of my blood would be any benefit to him. I have no idea. Yeah, blood work at this point in medicine probably isn't really a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Warhammer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he, he might have something like a um, a very rudimentary, like, microscope you know, maybe, but nothing that would let him, like, you know, observe the things that we do today. And even if he did have an actual real-world microscope, it probably wouldn't mean anything to him, like, on a cellular level, you know? I mean, you're talking about people who believe in, like, bloodletting and leeching, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking a bit of a leap, so yeah, scratch that. <laughs> um, I mean, if, you know, it was a couple hundred years in the future, by all means, let's take a sample, but... Right. Let's take a couple mouth swabs, too, but... These so people yeah, who believe the moon's made out of, you know, mysterious, you know, radiate stone. They're crazy. <laughs> uh, but regardless, the two of you, uh, you do have more to help him with this day as he starts to uh, have stuff for you to actually write down that he dictates. Okay. Uh, give me another fellowship test, please, um, for your helping out with his customers today. Uh, straight fellowship, no modifications. Uh, this will be a plus 20. Hey, pass by four. All right. Well, things go a lot better today. Uh, perhaps some repeat customers from the day before realize that you might be here to stay for a while. Or, um, you know, you, you're trying to, even though you feel worse than the day before, you realize that maybe that was giving you kind of a bad attitude and putting some people off. So you put on a good face and, uh, yeah, it seems the day goes a lot smoother with the customers. Firth and Lavolpe, anything else you want to do, or shall we jump to the evening? Yeah, think Fresh of anything, Brian, can you? No, I'm good. So, can you just run me through your plan really quick here that you're going to uh, to do? We have a plan? Yes, yeah, so we have a couple ideas. I, I bring the bomb, and uh, if things get bad, uh, I light the bomb, and I jump into the water. Uh, I will yell out to Firth uh, a phrase about uh, rats, 
if uh, he should intervene. If not, I'm going to try and keep up the ruse and see what they're doing to maybe gain better insight uh, as to what the bigger plan is. So if I if I feel like the threat that we are carrying is minor, I'm not going to give up the jig. Okay. Firth, what are you going to be doing in this boat that you have rented for the evening? Um, Basically, like, what what is your approach here? Because you know that Lavolpe is supposed to meet the Skaven boat somewhere along this part of the shore. But you don't know which direction they're coming from, what kind of boat they're going to be on. You're not sure. Um, you The one thing you do know is that river travel, even within the city at night, is usually pretty... Um, pretty restricted or there's not a lot of it going on and you would have heard at this point that since the city itself is on lockdown they have similar things set up with the rivers and Nolm being one of the bigger cities in the empire does have the setup where they basically can raise these kind of water gates that block off um, the river when need be and so you know that at night those would be raised and it's it takes you know probably a half an hour at least especially this big one here because it's like two separate gates because it's so long um it takes like at least uh it's a mixture of that and like an actual like think like a the portcullis on a fortress like the gate that actually lowers although this one actually comes out of the water it normally lays it sits in the water and then gets raised up just to block a little bit you know it doesn't it doesn't sit the the height of the the walls mm-hmm. you know it's maybe only like a couple feet out of the water rather than yeah, like just you know, ten stop feet. a boat as exactly to, yeah yeah um oh boy um okay hmm I, you know, my plan was to intercede a little bit, but I think maybe I'll just kind of observe. So, so basically, what I'm hearing is that if we rode out, that it wouldn't be like we could disguise ourselves amongst the river traffic. We would basically be pretty obvious. Yes, if somebody sees you. Um, now it is pretty much pitch black out on the river. Right. You know, and the fact that it's at night, it's even darker. So you're not even sure how far out this guy's going to want to go from the shore. Um, but at the same time, it would be suspicious if, you know, anyone of authority saw you guys out on the river this late at night. You know, just like with being out on the streets, especially in the rich district past, you know, certain time. Uh, being out on the river would also be suspicious, but your odds of being seen by, you know, someone is probably pretty low too, but yeah. your visibility is low as well. So, so that's the thing. So I'll have him, I guess, I guess the trick is, are we more likely to be seen out towards the middle of the river or closer to the shoreline? I think we're more likely to be seen closer to the shoreline. Yes. So probably. I'll have him, I'll have him row out the way. And I'll let them know that, you know, like, I'm kind of like, hey, I'm I'm literally, you know, putting a lot of faith in your 
ability, your knowledge of the river, you know, your your awareness of your own craft, basically. Um, and I'm looking for him to um, keep it out there to find this boat when it approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and potentially shadow it. I don't think I don't think we're going to need to attack it. That's my instinct. Um, so I'm I'm not going to really kind of like get his head going that direction. Mm-hmm. Unless it comes to that. So I'm just saying that mostly that we're going to try and find this boat and uh, shadow, like shadow it basically. All right. So obviously that's something you'll discuss with him when you when you get there, but I just want right. to have an idea what you're thinking. Okay. Right. So Lavolpe, I assume that you go to the place you're supposed to be meeting at. And um wear a mask and my proc now outfit. You mean Koch outfit? Koch. All right. Uh do how early are you there before your meeting time? I think I get there about half hour early, but I don't show myself right away. Okay. Would you like to give me a stealth check to find a suitable place to hold up? Yeah. Finally, pass a test for once. I passed by one degree. Okay. And first, you told these guys to be ready at nine. What time do you go meet with them? Uh, so he's most supposed to meet them at 10? Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there like 9, 9.30, somewhere in between. All right. So you get there, and you see that they are, they're on their main fishing vessel, but they have a rowboat lowered in the water alongside it. And when he sees you, you know, he kind of waves you over, and you're able to get on the fishing vessel. There's a little bit more cover on that. Uh, from any prying eyes, and then he like points over the side and he says, "Ready when you are." Let's get out. Let's get out in the middle of the river. Uh, and I, you know, I, I outline my plan to him. I say, "I think there's. I think basically, I want to observe this boat that I think is pulling up somewhere around. You know, kind of just, just uh, south of the docks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's making delivery that uh, that we don't want." But uh, you know, our, our goal is to 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 be ready for it and and observe it, basically. Ready, ready to trail it if we need to. Okay, if you say so. And uh, he has one other guy. Uh, so there's him, one of his crew, and then there's you. So I imagine you're kind of at the like George Washington style, you're yeah. kind of at the front of the boat. Exactly. I'm, I'm crossing <laughs> right now. That's crossing right. the River Reich on Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, yeah. Um, Neat one knee up on the, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Then the other guy, the, the crewman is rowing, and this guy's kind of sitting at the back of the boat, kind of keeping watch. And he has a lantern, although he does not light it. And then you can see that they do have, like, two fishing harpoons, you know, for weapons, just in case. And yeah, they begin to row out basically um, kind of to the middle of the river and, you know, kind of kind of hold up there. So they're basically just 
pitch black. Now you do have your night vision, so it's not as bad for you. You can see the shoreline, but it is, I mean, it's dark, you know, and you guys are a good distance um, away. So uh, you're not sure how much help they're going to be in spotting anything. So you might be on your own here as far as trying to, uh, yeah, and to I, see I, Hopefully I know enough a little bit, a little bit about like, you know, the trade that I can kind of guide them as well. You know, like, yeah, I mean, these guys, they seem experienced enough At, right now. He seems fine to, to kind of follow your orders. Sounds good. So okay. painfully and slowly and both of you cannot help but be nervous as to what exactly is going on this evening. Would both of you please give me perception test? This will be at negative. Uh, for you, first, there's no negative oh, for you. Oh, You have night vision. It's because he does not have night vision. So I It passed. is coming from the south side docks, but it's coming at an angle. It's not coming straight across, like perpendicular. Um, so for you guys, Firth, you guys are pretty much sitting uh, in the middle of the water, you know, probably um, like here-ish. So, so it's coming, it's basically passing in front of you from right to left. Yeah, and I presume that we don't get any indication that they see us. Uh, uh, if they do, they don't make any, they don't seem to do anything about it. Is it does the, the river fro, fro, is it fro from... Does it flow from kind of left to right on this map? So from north to kind of southeast? Um, oh boy, that is a question I honestly could not answer. You know what? Actually, the lines in the map tell me it does. So see see under the bridge, see how like there's those trails, those little trails behind the pillars of the... the... Yeah. That's telling me that the water's flowing from left to right, basically. All right, I'll allow it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll drift, let the the current take us slightly, uh, kind of so that we're behind them. Okay. If if you know what I mean. So like I'll have them kind of angle themselves. I don't, I don't know how to ping. Oh yeah. So we'll angle our, ourselves so that we're like behind them, kind of almost sure. following as we go along. Okay. So as they pass you, you just let the river current take you yeah. so that you end up behind them and then have them start so, rowing and follow them in their wake? Yeah, so that if, if they were to, like, cast off and try and go back the way they came, they'd have to hit us. Oh, I'm sorry, That's I just I moved the map. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. How big is this boat compared to ours? Uh, so it is about the size of their fishing vessel, maybe a little bit larger. Uh, so it definitely looks like it would need... A small crew, uh, but not a very big one. Probably could be operated by like two to four people. But it's definitely like, you know, a class above what you guys have. Okay. I'm I'm going to have them get as close as they can without being, you know, obvious. Okay. I might want them to kind of put me on there. All right. Well, they, I mean, they're trying to stay a good distance away. How close do you want them to get? Yeah, so they're uncomfortable getting closer. I, uh... yeah. Plus, it's, um, you know, that boat is a little bit faster than the rowboat. That's fine. For now, that's fine. So we'll just, we'll just tail it and then 
if we need to get close at the end, we'll get close. Okay. LaVolpe, give me another perception at minus 10. Fail by six? Ugh. <laughs> Did you fall asleep? Apparently. <laughs> not not doing too well tonight, man. Oh, we'll see. All right. So, more of Firth, you eventually see this boat basically, for lack of a better term, almost beaches itself. Uh, near the shoreline. And you guys are behind it, so you can't really see anything else that's going on, but it definitely comes to a stop. And Lavope, you just, you cannot see anything. It's just too dark out here for you. You know, you can see the occasional reflection of the moon, but it's not very big tonight. So um, it, everything is just almost pitch black to you. And Eventually, uh, almost mere feet from you, you finally, it's noise that draws your attention. And when you turn in the direction of the noise, which is a voice, you see uh, two red beady eyes looking in your direction. All um, right, I um, and, steal myself yeah, and walk over. Yeah, it, it, it. it completely takes you by shock you didn't hear a thing uh completely silent or you're just oblivious to it and you you hear this uh this voice approach and calls out to you yeah i um i make my way over to them uh you know trying to be not well i guess there's no one there to be seen aside from them so i was gonna say stealthy but i guess it really doesn't matter so all right, and you hear a very raspy voice speak to you. Wake, wake, man-thing. And it's not a voice I've heard before, as far as no, I can tell. No, no, definitely different from Shadowclaw's voice. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll nod and uh, I'll uh, get on the boat. Um, he doesn't motion for you to get on the boat. He's just standing there kind of observing you. And when he gets your attention, he says, Are you Koch thing? Yes. Yes, I am. And eventually, out of the darkness, you see a Skaven that looks a little bit like this. This guy definitely has bits of armor on him, although uh, not like you're used to seeing. And I guess his eyes grow a little bit more green than red. Um, he does look a little sickly to some regards, but doesn't seem to match the description of what Mort and Firth gave you from the night before. And he has a very strange weapon that he's basically holding like a halberd in his one hand. And it's a long pole, but at the end of the pole, it ends in these two blades that are spiked on the inside. And it reminds you of almost like a really wicked type of um, like collar that you might try to wrap around something, maybe for hurting animals. And it, it's a bizarre, wicked looking thing to you. And he's wearing just, you know, 
bits of cloth, you know, clothing, nothing fancy or anything like that. And you do see that hanging at his side is a wicked barbed whip. That's uh, quite a bit of things. Uh, and when when he sees you and you acknowledge that you're Koch, he continues, Good and thing, we go now, now, quick, quick. Uh, I nod and uh, I follow him. And you see that he looks back to the boat, which you finally see now is pretty much beached up on the shore. And you see several other figures getting off of the boat. They appear to also be Skaven. Oh, yes. As the scurrying commences, you see uh, six other shapes get off the boat. And um, two of them are wearing dark black robes, very similar to uh, Shadowclaw. Um, you know, they've got stuff wrapped around their snouts and around their faces, almost like um, like a ninja mask, so to speak. And they've got the same kind of uh, cloaks that cover their heads and their shoulders, and they can wrap around them. And you can see those two in particular move almost completely silently when they're making their way up the shoreline to you guys. And you see that each of them uh, has a pair of wicked-looking daggers in their belt. And give me a perception test at minus 10. Uh, I got a 9%, so that's still passing by 2 for me. So you see that each of them also has a blade that they are wielding with their tails. Mm. As they're, and you'd see their tails are kind of twitching in, obviously, anticipation or or aggravation, and you catch the glimmer of, you know, a blade of some sort. You can't tell if their tail ends in a blade or if their tail's wrapped around like holding a knife, but they're clearly armed in that way, even though they don't have their, their daggers drawn. And then the other four look, uh, for, for lack of a better term, look like regular Skaven. They are wearing, or they, they've got just, you know, cloth, clothing and, and armor, not much in the way of armor. And it looks like each of them might have like a rusty sword or a spear and maybe the occasional shield. And while these four are not anywhere near as uh, athletic or agile as the, the two in the cloaks, they still move rather quietly and quickly. And, um, you know, they may have like a little like pot helmet on or something like that, a little leather cap, but um, they definitely don't look like the sneaky types like these other ones. And you notice that each of the of these four appear to be carrying uh, two um, metal-looking boxes or crates in their hands with, like, a little handle on top. And uh, one of them... I'm sorry. One of them has two. The other three each have one. And the one kind of scurries up to you, and he... Uh, low, you see when he when he addresses the big guy with the weird looking weapon, when he addresses him, he has his nose pointed to the ground, and he says, "Yeah, most magnificent master, it 
for the man thing and he puts one of the crates down on the the, the ground and the big guy just kind of kicks him away and he says man thing take 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 crate well i go over to it and i ask him what's in it <laughs> no worries we go now quick don't stick hand inside though and when you go to pick it up uh and you lift it it feels like there's something moving around in it and you can hear what sounds to you like the squeak of perhaps mice or rats pick it up and uh try to not squelch and i follow him <laughs> yeah you and then when you're closer now you realize that this um this cage, this thing is actually like a small uh cage and inside now that you're closer you can see several of the biggest nastiest looking rats you have ever seen they are easily like the biggest one is like the size of a football if not bigger and they look even more filthy and unhealthy than you would imagine a rat normally looks these are uh, from my homeland <laughs> oh uh, yeah. i don't actually uh, say you, that uh, you but, feel uh, you yeah. feel dirty just picking this crate this cage up oh yeah i imagine la volpe's like trying to He's thankful he wore the mask so they can't see his uh, how uh, disgusted he probably is right now. And you can see that when you get closer to this cage and you pick it up, these rats are scratching, trying to, like, get to you. Uh, I definitely keep it a good uh, distance from my body. <laughs> and the big guy goes, likes you, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah. Uh, uh... So, where are we going? Mm, we go up road street to foodstuffs. Go now. Quick, quick. And he points up the road. Give me an intelligence test at plus... Actually, it'd be plus 60, all things considered. Oh. Wow. Better make this one. What is... Eight to sixty. All right, I'd have to get a critical. I'd have to roll hundred. <laughs> I fail, and I get damn close, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seventy-eight. Man, these these guys are uh, trying. <laughs> these I keep trying to. Oh my god! All right, so I I still uh I I pass by uh what's that um I still pass by two. So. The only thing that your character can think of, and you realize this because when Oliver took you on the tour to the gunnery school, you had passed by. When he says foodstuffs, the only thing you can think of is this right here on the map, which are the granaries to the city. And you, you're assuming that because obviously he's saying foodstuffs, you're remembering it from your, your tour with Oliver, and you guys are pretty much next to this road, which, you know, could be a straight shot. Now, whether or not you're going to take the road, you're not sure, but that's what you're assuming that he means. That makes sense. Uh, so we are we are traveling on foot currently. We're going up uh, 
Yes, from... you are on foot. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll follow them, and I'll kind of look around sometimes to see if we're being followed or not. And but I'm not. I'm definitely not giving it up yet because I'm I'm kind of thinking like this this is bad, but this is probably a more of a sabotage thing and not necessarily their their big uh, game. So. Give me a perception test, please. All right. Seventy-three. So I failed by four. Okay. Yeah, you don't you don't see or notice anyone else, especially in the immediate area. Obviously, your attention is on these disgusting creatures that are in front of you, and the fact that there's seven of them and only one of you, and twice as many rats. Um, uh, so yeah, if there is anybody watching, you certainly don't don't notice anything else, and you guys begin to creep your way through the alleys uh, towards the the granaries. Firth, back on the boat, you um, eventually the boat stops, and as you guys are waiting, you eventually do see movement on the shoreline, and you can see that clearly a couple shapes have gotten off the boat and make their way up the shore and begin to make their way towards further into the city. Uh, okay. So I'll have them kind of row me in there. Okay. Um, is there anybody left on the boat or anything left on the boat? Not that you can tell. Give me a perception test. Uh, I succeed by one. No, you don't uh, see anything else uh, on there. Okay, I'll um, I'll kind of follow them then at a distance, up the uh, oh. up the. So you're getting you're getting out of the boat and you're heading up that way. Yeah. Uh, and I'll and I'll you know I'll turn to the guy and say like, you know I'll, I'll have them I'll say like if anybody's on this boat, um, kill them. Say that again. Kill them. Are are you telling them to board the other boat, or are, are you guys getting off on the shore? No, I mean we we wanted I wanted to check out the boat. The boat's kind of on the shore, right? Like it. it yeah, I just. Like, I, yeah, it. so you're you're having them take the rowboat up to their boat, and you're gonna hop on their boat. Yeah. Understood. Okay. All right. And you. Um. So those two are still sitting in the the rowboat as you you get on the back of the Skaven boat that's beached, and you tell them. If there's anyone on there to kill them, yeah. Do you tell them to get on board with you? I certainly invite them to. I, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not necessarily giving an order, but yeah. Uh, charm or intimidate? I'm not gonna intimidate. I, I don't want to force these guys on here because it's probably gonna be a shit show. Okay. I'll give me a charm then, please. Yeah, nothing. Bill by two. So. The guy just says to you, he's like, he's like, all due respect, that wasn't part of the plan. We'll stay here for you, but we're not stepping on board. Fine. Um, I, I, I don't even. I just kind of, then you know, hop over. Okay. So, uh, you hop on the boat, and are you checking out the boat, or are you going straight for? To try to catch up to the group. Uh, no, I'm just gonna do a quick, quick look and uh, see what's see what's actually on that boat, if anything. 
Okay. High or low? High all day. All right. Uh, as you are creeping your way through the boat, something strikes out at you. You are surprised, so you will not get a defensive roll against this. Okay. And... Oh, dude, where the fuck are the stats? Here we go. Okay. Um, so, something that moves like a blur um, just almost appears out of out of nowhere, and you feel something land on on your back basically on your shoulders and knocks you to the ground and you feel a knife stab into your basically like your shoulder and you are going to take 12 damage to the body Ooh. as something sinks into your back please give me an endurance test sorry hold on let me just do that Okay, taking that damage, then the endurance test. I'm totally being poisoned right now. At minus 15. Ooh, boy, I just barely fail. All right, you try to grit your teeth through the pain, uh, but you do let out, uh, obviously, a bit of a, a shout of pain. It's not a scream, but it's definitely not quiet. Lavolpe, please give me a perception test. Right. <laughs> well, Escaven rolled a 99th. They didn't hear anything. <laughs> the 92. <laughs> well, Dude, this is like yeah. the eighth 90 <laughs> roll I've gotten tonight. It's unbelievable. You're getting your firth on right now, man. I yeah. sure am. You're welcome. All right. Um, you don't. You guys don't hear anything as this happens, and at this point, you guys have made your way into uh, like into these alleyways, so you've disappeared out of sight of the river at this point, and you continue to move uh, forward. As you do, the big one uh, says to you, Lavolpe, another boat in river water. Why are you supposed to make safe? How do you want me to guard the boat and carry your diseased rats for you? That your job, not mine. Well, here. I put the rats down and I make my way back towards the boat. No, take great now. You go and guide us. Go, quick. And uh, you notice, much like Shadowclaw, when this guy, well, it seems every time he's addressing anybody around uh, you or the other Skaven, he has his nose up in the air. Hmm. So I, I'm sorry, I'm not understanding. He wants to go back to the boat? No, it sounds like he's bitching that you were supposed to deal with the boat in the river, and uh, but he just, you know, he wants you to keep going to, to okay. lead them towards the granary. All right, gotcha. Well, uh, yeah, then I'll, uh, I'll continue on. All right. So, you guys get to this point where you need to cross the street. Um, give me a perception test, please. Uh, I pass by one. All right. High or low? Let's go with high. All right. You do see a guard patrol coming down the street in your guys' direction. Um, okay. I kind of tell them, you know, hold on, wait. There's guards ahead. And I, you know, hold my hand out and 
tell them we need to hide. Okay. Give me a stealth if you'd like. It looks like the Skaven begin to do the same. The two that were in the black cloaks, you've lost track of them at this point. You're not sure where they're at. Uh, I pass my stealth roll by three. All right. And it looks like all of these Skaven, when you say that, and you tell them, when you use the word hide, it seems like that's a favorite word of theirs. And they are instantly quiet and all like disappear into the smallest little like crevice or tunnel or alleyway. And you almost lose track of all of them uh, just because they happen. It happens so quickly. And eventually the guard patrol passes by you and begins to continue down the street. So they, they came from this area and they move to your left. So they go past you guys. Uh, okay, and we're going up this way still. Then, well, it looks like they're they're stick. They're not going to the open streets. They're going. You guys are basically here. Oh, and I you're see. Ready, I'm ready to cross through the alleys. Yeah, I I got gotcha. you. Okay, there's more alleys than you see on the map, but to give right. you an idea, you can cut through these between these buildings. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I'll uh when the coast is clear. I'll kind of uh, give a little short whistle out and see if they respond to that. And uh... Uh, they do. Uh, the rats assemble. Oh man! Then the Pied you... Piper. Yep. You then <laughs> actually hear from above on one of the rooftops at the end of the alley. You hear, and then you look up and you see one of the ones in the black cloak. Uh, he looks down. He he's good, master. He he spot patrol. Man patrol walk by. No lies, no lies. And the big one goes, good. Keep leading. Man, Lavolpe could be a, a apprentice uh, Eshin assassin. Maybe there you uh, go. Yeah, you'd be a good runner years. one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll as best I can. I'll continue navigating. Um, towards the granary. Okay. Meanwhile, back on the boat, Firth, please give me an initiative test. Am, am I here? Hello? 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 Yep. yep. You're here. Okay. Ugh. What? No, 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 no. Uh, like, roll initiative. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, no. That's, as soon as I did that, I was like, what the fuck? Um, okay. None. Maybe this game shouldn't actually have an initiative stat. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> um, this Skaven definitely moves faster than you, and um, he rolled Willy Roll on his first attack, so you actually have been knocked to the ground, and he's basically on top of you. You're, you're face down, and you hear him. He says, time to die, men thing, and he strikes at you again. You can make a defensive roll, but you will be at minus, let's see, you're prone. Uh, where's prone? Uh, you're at minus 20. He failed by two. Failed by five. All right. So uh, you are able to roll over onto your back, and you're able to uh, kind of throw his balance off a little bit. So he doesn't strike you perfectly, but he does still slice you like down the side of the arm. And you're going to take uh, seven damage this time. 
to the left arm. So that's just minus my toughness. You don't yeah, have any arm? You got it. I thought you have no, armor on your arms. Not on the left arm. Uh, so I take three. So I guess seven left. All right. Can I swing back at him? Yes, you may attack. Uh, you are at minus 20 right now because you're on the ground. Can't get up. Uh, you could try to throw him off of you instead if you'd like to make an athletics check. It's up to you. No, I'll just go straight up. I'll just straight up fight the guy. Okay. Sorry, minus 20 still. So that's technically minus 35. All right, he failed by two again. Failed by four. All right, so you try, you're able to get your, your weapon out, at least your boat hook, and you take a swing at him. But he uh, basically just kind of uh, moves to the side, and your swing goes wide. At the start of the next round, you hear some noise from the back of the boat, and you hear the guy that's clearly the captain of the ship that you've hired. Uh, he screams, what in Sigma's name is that? Die! And you see he comes charging in uh, with one of his harpoons. Waiting for this guy to show up. And somehow, despite the Skaven's focus on you, with disgustingly fast lightning reflexes, this thing does like a somersault um, forward, like over your head. And you see this guy had his attack lined up and he thrusts out with the harpoon and it gets stuck in the side of the boat. Um, basically the cabin to his right and the Skaven rolls off in front of you and you can see he then gets to his feet and he's facing you guys and you see he draws two dagger he draws another dagger from his belt and then you see a third one in his tail and that is where we're gonna stop for tonight so the plot thickens ever more as the Skaven continue to make their moves. I hope you've all enjoyed tonight's session. Thank you so much for joining us here on Dragon's Greed Gaming for another episode of Gallows Geists. We will see you all next time. Same place. Nighty-night.